0: chill of night at the scene of crime like a streak of light he arrives just in time spider-man spider-man friendly neighborhood spider-man wealth
1: of fame he's ignored action is his reward to him life is a great big bang. wherever there's a hang you'll find the spider-man
2: This is episode 385 for September 2015. And if you're a fan of this podcast, I'd appreciate your support. Log on to our front page at spidermancrawlspace.com. Look for a button on the right-hand side that says support this site via PayPal. Also, there's a drop-down menu where you can support the site daily, monthly, or weekly. All right, gang, let's let's get on with our message board Q&A. Hey, spacers! welcome to our message board Q&A. Let's introduce the panel. We've got Ashley. What's going on, Ashley?
3: Uh, I've been getting my ass kicked all week at Skullgirls, so.
2: Oh, wow. Fighting game.
3: That's
2: not good. <laughs> I was about to say, what the hell?
3: It's <laughs> a fighting game, and apparently I'm really bad at them. So. What's the name of it? Again? Skullgirls.
2: Skullgirls. Skullgirls. So what's, is it like a, uh, like a uh,
3: Super Smash Brothers or something like that? Uh, more like uh, along the lines of Mortal Kombat. Like, uh, you know, the, the side-scroller fighting game.
2: Nice. So I first, I thought you head. said
4: schoolgirls,
3: school and, and then it made <laughs> me think
4: of like that Japanese movie, The I Battle G- Royal.
3: Oh yeah,
4: yeah. <laughs> and I was like, how come that's not a video game?
3: I, I always bite my tongue on it. I just when I'm talking to Jack about it, I'll say schoolgirls. Like I'll say I'll just say schoolgirls. Is what I always end up saying. So.
2: And the other voice you heard was George. What's going on, George? Suck it, Douglas. All right, nice pronunciation. I came to say pronunciation. Let's just start <laughs> oh. over. <laughs> Let's <start. laughs> and we have a snort. I love it. Uh, uh, and Michael Bailey and Michael McNulty are on the show. This should be confusing. What's going on, you fellows? I, uh, you first, I just finished a Yingling, and I'm feeling pretty good.
5: A what? What did you eat? A Yingling. It's a beer. A y- <laughs> oh, I-, <laughs> I thought it was chicken. I ate a youngling. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not like Anakin killing younglings. It's a beer. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs>
0: Uh, still unheard. What's going on, bud? Well, in the immortal words of the late Rowdy Roddy Piper, I'm Aww. here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm yeah. all out of bubblegum.
2: Rest in peace. Which is,
5: which is better than saying you're here to kick bubblegum and chew ass in your
2: are That's true. Up.
0: That's very true. Yes,
2: <laughs> we, uh, We're going to do the uh, listener interaction with this episode. We're going to start with some iTunes reviews, and we're going to get to your Q&A. Uh, we've got two bad reviews. We've got two good reviews. What would you guys like to hear first? Let's go bad first. let Let's bad How first. about we do a compliment sandwich
5: where you have like the good, the too bad, and then the good?
2: Okay, that sounds good. All right, all right. All right. Okay. Uh, this, is, this, uh, was, this is the most recent post. It's uh, from a handle called Some Random Spider-Man Fan. Posted on August 11th, five out of five stars. I make my girlfriend listen to this. <laughs> is this I I've been listening to this podcast for a few years now, and I absolutely love it. I love it so much that I sometimes make my girlfriend listen to it with me on the way to work or school. Thanks for sticking <laughs> with me. The panelists and the host are very knowledgeable, and I enjoy listening to them talk about everything Spider-Man related. Some people accuse this group of being too negative, but in my opinion, that's just because this group refuses to call a, a crap gold. This podcast has helped me stay positive about Spider-Man, even though the current books have been so poor. Between the Spider history and the Friday Night Fight segments, I've been able to find back issues with stories that I find enjoyable, and the reviews and news segments keep me up to date with everything Spider-Man related. So that is very nice. Thank you very much.
4: uh, Ashley, Hmm? do you make uh, Jack listen to the podcast?
3: (laughs) He just does it on his own.
2: Oh, <laughs> that's nice. That's nice. So very nice. Yeah, couple he knows what's good for him.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I make him do other things, so it's balanced out balance just fine.
2: What's what's something he doesn't like to do that you make him do? Dude, really? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> really I didn't mean it like that. But you know, <laughs> And now Ashley's uh. mom hates somebody else on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> <Not me. laughs> All right, let's get the, neg- the negativity meat in the middle of this uh, iTunes sandwich. Uh, the ha- subject title is Get Off My Lawn. <laughs> well, one out of five stars. That's something that JR and,
4: uh, and I have actually said on the podcast.
2: Wow. Yeah. Uh, the handle, the person's name uh, is Duo God. <laughs> uh, I Quote, I want to keep this review short and sweet. The host have a great knowledge of Spider-Man history. Is that me?
0: Well, okay. it's, a, it's singular, so yeah, maybe it's referring... The to The
2: host, host have. The host have. The host was. <laughs> <laughs> the host have a great knowledge of Spider-Man history, but the amount of juvenile negativity really prevents any truly meaningful, critical discussion to take place. I really enjoy the Friday Night Fights, but the review podcast pretty much killed it for me. Thanks for your effort, but I'll keep moving. That wasn't sweet at all. You <laughs> <laughs> was going to keep it short and sweet.
4: There was nothing sweet in that except for the no, Friday no. night uh fights part, but you know, hey, you're yeah. good on you, buddy. But um, All right. But yeah.
2: Get off my lawn. He's not listening anyway. So, sorry to lose I you. I guarantee you he's still listening. Yeah, I he's listening. He wants you to hear He wants to hear his refugion. He wants to hear his hate yeah. as read by the hostesses. Uh <laughs> Uh, this next one, a negativity middle uh, MacGyver, nineteen seventy, wrote this one uh, on July 19, twenty fifteen. The subject title is "Best Era Is Over?" Question mark. What? One out of five stars. I've been an off-and-on listener for this show for years. Sadly, much like the Spider-Man comic has suffered, so, too, has this show. You misspelled, too, but no offense. The once-solid panel of reviewers is not present anymore. Must have been a house cleaning. And the newer crew with, quote, I'm not as funny as I think I am, George, and Tolkien... Tolkien, not Token. He spelled it like J.R.R. Tolkien. No, he,
4: he left out an I out of, of Tolkien's Tolkien. name. He, he meant to say Token, but he just. Did it he with meant no. to say Tolkien, but he went the Lord of the Rings yeah.
5: way. He was I, so up It was like a failure on
0: like, several levels. I right? thought yeah. was, wait a minute. I thought he was talking, referring to Ashley, isn't he? He is.
2: Well, he he yeah, is. I I actually pronounced talking? I, ha- I haven't gotten to it yet. Mike, hold on. All right. And so, to- <laughs> Tolkien. I don't know anyone but got this job because I'm a girl, girl.
3: They Unquote. know. I'm <laughs> really. <laughs> the gig's up, guys. Yeah, they're
2: not as good as the previous group. Oh, well, nothing lasts forever. And it's okay, in all caps, for long vacations or a break from the tired old Q&A like this show we're recording right now that we get over and over. This used to be a four star, but past year it's a definite one star material. Wow!
3: One. They've done the same. It's like there's a correlation. Did,
5: yeah. What <laughs> what Do you get the feeling that when he was typing this, he was like playing?
3: Don't
2: know what you got till it's gone. Yes. Probably. <laughs> one out of two listeners found this review. Now helpful. I want to. I, I take umbrage <laughs> with this
4: for two reasons. Right, Number one. Uh he he has a point when he says I'm not as funny as I think I am because I'm actually way the fuck funnier. <laughs> I've had that confirmed by science. That's um funny. second of all, I hate your blatant sexism.
5: Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, that, that that's like yeah. not cool on several levels. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just I, basically someone, assuming uh, that that she was brought. I mean you, you would put it out there that you wanted a female voice on the show, but that isn't the only reason you brought Ashley in. You brought Ashley in because she's very well-spoken. She's very intelligent. She brings a fresh perspective to the material because she's not as uh, involved with it as George and, and Brad were. So to say that, I, I mean, it, usually when I read reviews like this, you know, you take it with a grain of salt because, you know, somebody's bitching about something they get for free. And yeah. <laughs> that, that kind of bothers me. But when you when you attack her because she's a woman and assuming that she's only here because, uh, you know, that she is female is it's wrong and it's offensive.
2: Yeah. And if she was awful, she wouldn't be here. And I like Ashley, and I like what she brings to the table.
3: I need to hire you. <laughs> I need to hire you guys to write my cover letters for me from now on. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> so please hire Ashley for any position that you have available. Sincerely, Brad Douglas. There you go. Uh, <laughs> you're a professional. I like. I'm like a middle middle management
5: somewhere. So your 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 recommendation will carry more weight than mine will, sir. <laughs>
2: <laughs> You've been going to the gym more, so you have less weight than I do. <laughs> I'm trying to catch up going back to the gym, Mike. G- good on you for going to it, by the way. No, I appreciate that. Uh, let's see. The best era is over. Oh, Danny, the ultrasonic player. No, you, we read that one.
4: Did we do that you, one? You want to go back to the yeah. uh, great podcast by Nikki Smooth, the one that you skipped over earlier. Oh,
2: oh, oh, sorry, sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I got my sandwich order out of order. Nikki Smooth. I like that name. July 30th, 2015. Five out of five stars. Great podcast! Exclamation point quote I've been wanting to get into Spider-Man more and more through the years but never could afford to get comics due to family situations and looking to get all the information I wanted about the comics our favorite wall crawler I gave this podcast a listen at the beginning of the summer I fell in love and listened to every single one of the podcasts my god oh my man
1: god.
2: wow 380 episodes you oh, poor wow. bastard you poor ba- <laughs> and he's finally caught up and yes, I started collecting now too. Thank you for helping my love for Spidey grow, and I look forward to listening for a long time. Keep it up, Brad. You're corny. <laughs> so. Keep it up, Brad. You're corny, but so am I. Jr., go to bed. It's past, <laughs> I'm sure it's past. I'm sure it's past six. Wow. And the rest of the group, oh. keep up the good work. Eight thumbs up. Wow, my uh, goodness. Eight Sean,
1: Spider oh.
4: So he must have been. He must have been raised by like a, a nuclear reactor or something. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I think it was like a deformity, and then Ashley, you know, Ashley brings it back home and is like, "No, this is what's going on." Yep.
2: Nikki, smooth. Thank you very much. That was very smooth indeed. I like that. That was very, very
4: nice. nice. Uh, uh, I want to share something real quick, Brett.
2: Real quick, if you want to re- leave an iTunes review, go uh, type in Spider-Man in the search bar in the iTunes store. Spider-Man is the very... Crawl Space is the very first podcast that appears. I have officially taken over the Sony official two-minute Amazing Spider-Man 1 talk with Emma Stone. Suck it, Sony. <laughs> Suck it, Sony. Yeah, we're no... <laughs> out, baby. All right.
4: Um, we got... Uh, go uh, we, we got an... I'm sorry. Did you want to... No, no. Go okay, ahead. We got a uh, a very nice note. Someone... You know, because I, I don't read every comment that's left on our front page, but I, I, I read most of it. You know, and occasionally, you know, things will slip by. But somebody actually uh, put a, a note for us uh, or a comment up on the, on the staff page. But for whatever reason, the staff page doesn't show comments. So it was sort of like in a comment limbo. And oh, what, really? what drew it to me was because I saw that somebody had posted on the, on the staff page, which is horrendously out of date. So, <laughs> so I went into. So I went in and I looked at it, and it was from a Friendly Neighborhood Spider Lady, nice. and and I sent her. A, she left her email, and I and I uh, Google Mailed her, and I told her, "So I'm going to read your comment on the air because I, I think people need to hear it." And you know me, I mean, I'm I'm somebody who's always laughing about Spider Gwen and all that and silk and everything else, right? But I wanted to read. Uh, I wanted to read her comment. Uh, from the other side of the aisle, so to speak, okay? And she said, I love listening to the podcast and look forward to updates. Your website is an awesome resource for Spidey News and other good stuff. I love Spider-Man and have since I was a little girl. Anyway, I did want to let you guys know that I absolutely love the Spider-Gwen series. No, I'm not on Tumblr. I love. The she this. Put it in parentheses. I love the colors and the art style and the writing. Music is a huge part of my life, and I love to see that uh, that it's a big part of her life as well. I really love the character and universe they are creating. Just wanted to let y'all know that there is at least a little bit of a fan base that exists outside Tumblr. Nice. So that was that was another. It was just a yeah. It was another nice note, but I, I thought that was important to read here, since especially yeah. for me, since you because know, I saw that and I was like, you know, I'm, I'm I kind of poo-poo it a lot, you know. So. And it, it totally slipped through the cracks. I didn't even see that one. I
5: Very nice. It's important to see stuff like that though, from time to time, because you know, I, I think you know, you can kind of get. I don't want to say you get lost in negativity, because I, I'd like to think that everyone on this call, you know, when they're criticizing. Uh, the books or whatever we're reading or whatever, that we're we're not doing it just to be a hater, we're doing it because we actually have general beefs, and we try to articulate that, but you kind of forget yeah. sometimes, I mean, and, and I'm kind of going through this with Superman right now, that there are people that are genuinely liking mm-hmm. something that you don't like and like it for like, you know, a, a really personal reason, and when you read that, I think it gives you just this other perspective, it doesn't change your mind necessarily but it yeah. gives you like okay, it's not just, you know, the hive mind saying this is cool or whatever. This person feels something personal about the material, and I like hearing about that kind of stuff.
4: Yeah, it's, Good it's important to note uh, also that, you know, with a lot of the negative iTunes reviews and people out there saying, oh, they're negative, they're negative, we you know, we wouldn't be working like this and giving up so much of our spare time just to bitch about something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we all love the character. And we love the we love you know Marvel we love Amazing Spider Man we just want things to be better, yeah. And you know I mean it's there's there's it's it's like it's no different than sports. Like I'm a Cowboys fan, I'm right? Sorry. Exactly. And, <laughs> and I took a I actually took a vow before last season, um, and I said I will not follow the Cowboys. And I love the Cowboys so much that I, I cannot bear to see the way Jerry Jones runs them anymore and I will not follow the Cowboys until Jerry Jones is dead. And so and then last year they actually had a, a fairly good year. Didn't watch a bit of it. I'm sick of my principles. I'll I'll watch them again when, when Jerry's dead, when he's gone. When the man no longer draws breath. Um but you have a lot of fa- you know it, it, it's 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 a truism, you know, you've got you've got two different sets of fans. You've got fans who are willing to be critical of something who are willing to look at something honestly and be critical about, you know, and look at it, you know, for, for you know, it's faults and, and everything else and talk about that. And then there's other fans who, no matter how shitty the team is, are like, oh, that's it, we're going number one this year. This is it, Super Bowl, baby. You know, and and they don't tolerate anything that's not like that. And it's, I, I was talking to another friend of mine about that this week, about how actually similar sports and 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 comics fans are oh god yes and well it's just funny because you know a lot of comic fans hate hate people who follow sports and hate sports they'll they'll call it sports ball and make up all kinds of name about it i'm like dude you you, the two of you don't have to exist in completely different worlds trust me it's fine to cross over (laughs) but um i'm sorry go over bailey I was about to say, you, you
5: tell me there's any, any difference than somebody dressing up as their favorite superhero or anime character and some dude painting his body whatever color or whatever team he's <laughs> going to go into it.
0: There, there,
4: there's no difference in that. <laughs> right. Or wearing a jersey with somebody, you know, with a player's yeah. number and name. Exactly.
0: Well, so, there's, a, there's a place where that is there, that's like that, where you have that kind of nice marriage between sports and comics. And that say, is the place, And that's the place I write for. Which is fansided now. So, <laughs> oh, Lord. or, or DragonCon, where <laughs> it, wow,
5: it's, it's Labor Day weekend. So Saturday, you have all of the college football fans mingling with all of the DragonCon attendees. Mm-hmm. Oh man, wow. <laughs> it's gonna be like a
2: scene in Anchorman <laughs> with a news crew. No, meeting. actually, here's the thing,
5: and, and no. <laughs> to, to kind of key off what something that George just said, most yeah. of my friends that I know through DragonCon and all that are all insane college football fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there is more crossover than you know, I think they're, that, that they're willing to give credit for. I'm not a huge follower of sports, but I like football and I like boxing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of that comes from watching it with my dad growing up. But I, I think some comic fans, and I'm not trying to come down on them, but I think some of them you know, were shoved in so many lockers uh, or made to feel inferior that they just developed this giant malignant chip on their shoulders. So they they don't want to they don't want to see that you know I have a I have this thing called the grand unified fan theory. Whereas if you take fans of anything, and I mean like anything, even Twilight, and you boil them down to their essences, we're all the same people. We just got into it for different reasons and got into different things.
4: Mm. Yeah. Wow, well, way to go, Zen with it, Bailey. <laughs>
2: All right, let's get on with the message board questions. Uh, Zipline from uh, somewhere rejoicing at Final Fantasy VII's remake. Okay. What? That's, yeah, they're rema- they're remaking, that's They're remaking Final Fantasy
3: VII. That's his uh, yeah. location? They just announced it in E3.
5: Yep. Yeah, there, there are some people very, very happy about this. All absolut- uh,
2: oh, absolutely. Yes, first question aimed at anyone. Uh, DC Animation is now adapting The Killing Joke. This makes me want to ask why we haven't seen Marvel adapt famous stories like Kraven's Last Hunt into an anime movie. M- mainly because DC has a better direct-to-DVD animation studio than Marvel oh, historically, does.
5: Historically. La- last uh, last yes. couple Justice League movies have, like, sucked so hard they have their own event horizon. But uh,
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
5: I, uh, I, I think, uh, sorry, Justice League War was terrible. Oh, yeah, I, I it was. think it's just Mar- Marvel and DC kind of have to... I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's, you know, it's like the yin and the yang. They all, they they have to, they they have to operate on different levels. There was a time where Marvel had really good TV shows and DC had great movies. And there was a time where Marvel, you know, in in the 90s, you had the closest eclipse of the two with the animated stuff. Uh, You know, I prefer Batman, the animated series, but I see why Spider-Man was so popular. And I think now... DC movies aren't doing as well, but they had a history, you know, since 2007 of doing these fantastic animated films. And Marvel didn't. You know, they had the thing with Lionsgate that had Ultimate Avengers, which wasn't all that bad. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ultimate Avengers 2, which wasn't as good as the first one. The Iron Man animated film, which was basically, I think, some writers from the old G.I. Joe animated series, you know, getting together again, because it was literally him going and getting five
4: different things from Iron Man like, world. bad to the point of being insulting.
5: Yeah, uh, Doctor Strange I never saw, but it's good. Af- after that, you know, they, they had, like, good movies, but it, it wasn't on the DC level. Like, Young Avengers was actually really good.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, Hulk Versus was amazing.
0: Yeah, Hulk yeah, Versus, Hulk versus, was, good. Hulk versus oh, was good. They also did a Planet Hulk uh, film. And yeah, and, they, and that was actually it. really good, too. Yeah. yeah.
3: yeah I think those on good. Netflix, too.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. And uh, yeah, because I mean, I was I, I, B- Bailey just brought up the same point I was going to make that they actually did Marvel did used to do the animated uh, directed DVD movies on, when they were under Lionsgate, but since the Disney acquisition, they stopped doing them for some reason. So
2: no, they still do them. They're just crappy and under the radar. There's Captain America and Iron Man. There's Hulk and Iron Man. Oh, they're, okay. they're on Netflix. But the main and then first is the
5: television yeah. series through Disney XD because you yeah, know, what, that's like right. Two yeah. solid hours. Of Marvel that's animation. Too. Now, awesome. that's not to say that a Craven's Last Hunt animated film would not be. Because I think it would be. In fact, yeah. I think at some point, graphic audio is going to adapt the novelization that came out. Mm-hmm. And if you guys haven't uh, heard the, graphic, the Spider-Man graphic audio thing, Drowned in Thunder, which was based on the novel of the same name, I really recommend going out and listening to it. Because it's 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 insanely well done. Like anything graphic audio does is insanely well done. Mm-hmm. But I, I just this isn't where Marvel's head is right now in doing mm-hmm. animated properties based on their comic books. They'd probably rather do a Craven's Last Hunt film,
4: mm-hmm.
5: yeah, than an animated movie. Yeah. Well,
4: well, Marvel. Everything Marvel animated right now is concerned with with just focusing on kids, and they they really could mm-hmm. give a crap about the larger market right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, They're you know, all just, you know, I mean, they they could have made a something that would have rivaled DC animated, you know, like Batman and Superman and everything else. They chose not to because mm-hmm. that that takes work. So we'll see. Yeah. I, I've got some hopes for Guardians of the Galaxy, but we'll see.
3: Mm-hmm. All their Second
2: question. Oh, <laughs>
3: Ashley, sorry. <laughs> sorry, all their stuff right now is just geared at kids. just what with, with the yep. movies being, you know, family friendly and. um you know all the the Disney TV shows and the fact that that Disney is the one that owns it. I just don't think we'll see any of the more mature content adapted into a movie on a comparable level with you know some of the DC ones we've seen. That's
2: that's the one perk I think of Fox owning uh, the X Men.
3: I'm Disney. not sure we, yeah. we would
2: see a De- Deadpool rated R movie out of Disney. I'm not oh, sure. We would
3: hell see no. That. no.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it would be PG thirteen. Uh, All right, uh, second question. John Semper Jr. is now talking about the making of the 1990s Spider-Man cartoon publicly on a Facebook page. Could you get him on the podcast? You could find it using Google and typing in Spider-Man the Animated Series Facebook. Yeah, I'm a fan of it. I like it. I mean, I like that page. Uh, (laughs) I think that would be a show I'd have to do with Zach (laughs) because I'm not the biggest fan of that show. I mean, mean, go ahead. Here's the thing, though.
5: I think it would... (laughs) Watching what he does on Facebook, I think it wouldn't be Brad Douglas and and Zach interviewing John Semper Jr. It would be the John Semper Jr. show featuring John (laughs) Semper Jr. and two other guys that that he will talk over the entire time. Really? I can't can't say that for sure. It's just I've seen interviews with this dude, and I've seen him on Facebook, and it's nothing personal, but he comes off as one of these guys that always has to be the smartest dude in the room.
2: Wow. Yeah, that's not really selling it to me. Uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> now go ahead and check Chris, it out for yourself. That's just my opinion. No, no, no. I I, I like the page, and I see the uh, the stills he does, the, the the designs and stuff like that. I would be more interested in Christopher and Daniel Barnes uh, mm-hmm. having having a Spider Man voice on an audio show. I think would be cooler. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll we'll see. Greg Brady. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And also on a show called Day by Day in the 80s. Do you remember that, Bailey? Uh,
5: yes, and he was also on a show called Starman yes. in the 80s with Robert yeah. Hayes, who was the voice of Iron Man.
0: Oh,
3: oh
5: wow. bring it
0: all together now. Robert
4: Hayes from The Great Airplane. Yes.
3: yes. Oh, man, that's him? Yes. Yeah. Wait, so he voices Iron Man? Yeah, he was yeah, Iron
4: Man the on the 90s series. Yeah.
3: I need to watch that. Oh, my God. Oh, it's it's pretty yeah. awful.
5: Uh, yeah, it's oh, not
3: man. it's not good. Times. You're only selling me harder on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'll, not I'm not trying to dissuade you. Like I'm trying to
5: say. warn you. It's just I don't I don't want you to go into that because because they did this thing called the Marvel Action Hour in 1994, and they had a they had an Iron Man cartoon and FF cartoon. Both of the first seasons of that were horrible. You had rapping Johnny Storm. I should. Oh be.
1: my god! And, <laughs> uh,
5: but in the, the, 90, but in
2: 90,
5: the second 90. season, another producer came on, and suddenly the shows got good again. Like yeah. they yep. they really. <clears throat> and then you had the Hulk on UPN, mm-hmm. and the first season of that was really good too. So you had like That's the, the second. Season.
2: The,
5: <laughs> yeah, the second season was
2: terrible.
5: Oh, it Awful.
0: was yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see, uh, cereal lover from Santa Ana, <laughs> California. Santa Ana. Santa Ana. Sorry, I'm sorry. To the whole gang, what's your favorite Marvel comic book run besides a Spider-Man run? Bailey, go ahead. Uh, I, I'm going to do two, uh, because you have, I have to say the Peter David Incredible
5: Hulk run or I will burst. Um, and
2: you know my answer. <laughs> you, you know. Stole the
0: one I
5: was going to do. <laughs>
2: oh wow. No, no, no
1: but, but, but
5: but because that's the obvious one. I wanted to go with Mark Gruenwald's run on Captain America. Yes, that was one I was say. You know, it wasn't always like perfect, but there are yeah. stretches of that run that are staggeringly good. Yeah. And still readable to this day. So I'll I'll go with that.
4: One of my favorite things uh from back in the day was uh was Gruenwald Squadron Supreme, the original that 12-issue limited mm-hmm. series. Just fantastic. The one that was like after he died. They, uh, they printed the tray paper back and used his ashes in the ink.
2: Such, you yep. Simmons. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ashley, what's your answer?
3: Um, given my relatively limited experience with comic books, I'd have to say, in recent memory, my favorite is the first five issues of Ms. Marvel. Mm. What's um. Kamala, Miss Marvel.
4: You can't okay. be on the show anymore, Ashley.
3: Fuck it, George.
4: <laughs> hey, Ashley, did you uh, do you play any Can of you... the Lego games? Ashley,
3: I'm playing the the Marvel one right now. Okay, I the I got next, on Steam.
5: The Avengers one. She's going to be in it.
3: Oh, um, Kamala, really?
5: Kamala Squirrel Girl is going to be an unlockable character. They, they they just recently announced a bunch of new... They're delaying the game to add new characters. Huh. And it looks like I it's going to be really good. Um,
3: the new Marvel show that's coming out, I can't remember what it's called, but it's involving the Avengers and everything. Kamala's going to be in that. That's going to be her first TV appearance. Yay! But yeah, the, her, her very first character are just really... Sold me on the character. Unfortunately, I think it kind of slacked off after that, but it was just I'm always a sucker for the the origin stories. I love seeing where they come from and how they start becoming who they are. And um, they just really sold this one home for me.
2: Bailey, what was your. I mean, uh, Michael? Well, uh, Bailey took my
0: uh, Peter David Incredible Hulk run when he was with the Pantheon, so I'm going to go with um, the uh, Chris Claremont and uh, John Burns uh, Uncanny X Men. Specifically Ooh, yeah. Ooh. during the Dark Phoenix saga, um, and through uh, Days of Future Past. You know, yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously I didn't read this, those when they, those issues came out, but I read back, I read those back issues, and they're just, and they still, they they still hold up today. And there's a reason why practically every X Men story pretty much references those two, and almost as a kind of a reiteration of those of those comics now. <laughs> so that's, um, I mean, because they're both, I mean, they're both really, you know, they both really stand up. Really well, and they had very, you know, very great character arcs. Very, you know, just very dramatic and very, very excellent art, art all around. So I mean, you
2: know, yeah, yeah. Um, I I can't use Spider-Man, huh? No. Well, I'm gonna, I'm, and I'm not gonna use Peter David Hulk because it's already been said. Uh, I'm gonna say John Burns Fantastic Four. Oh, that's run. a good one. Yeah. I like that run a lot. To give the Fantastic Four a little bit of love in this month, which they need.
4: <laughs> uh, Dee wow! Wow! So I don't get to answer at all. Just, just suck at George.
2: Yo, yeah. You said right. Nope.
4: <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no I, don't, I, I don't get to share my two cents here.
2: All right. I'm sorry. Wow.
4: I feel I'm so I feel sorry. so unloved right now.
2: All right. Hug it out. Hug <laughs> it out. All right. Much better. Okay. Well, uh,
4: most of the of the great Marvel runs have already been made here, uh, and you guys took a lot of the examples I was going to give. With Marvel, it's hard to nail one down because there's been so many
0: mm-hmm.
4: they're real we're lucky uh that over the last you know four decades there's you know four, or like five decades now there's been a lot of really good runs um one that hadn't been brought up here is walt simonson's thor oh yeah which was very good very very good and also that peter david had another good run in x factor mm-hmm. oh yeah, absolutely right. Uh, sure.
2: I was I was thinking about ca- his Captain of Marvel I liked, too.
4: Yeah, he had a great running ca- – uh, that's another good one. Peter David's got multiple ones. John Byrne's got – well, John Byrne has Fantastic Four, and then he's got the – Alpha Office Flight. Yeah, the, the first uh, – he was only on for, like, what, first 20 issues or so of Alpha Flight? 28
5: so issues, but there, it, it's, it, uh, it was an incredible book that he doesn't personally like. Which um, is weird. So,
2: but, Hilarious you guys are talking Alpha Flight. I am reading Alpha Flight as we speak. I mean, not right now, but. <laughs> I would <was> hope <hoping> not. <laughs> but but I, I bought a huge lot of Alpha Flight from like 100 straight issues. And I'm about issue 60. And I adored the first 28, the burn ones. Mm-hmm. And then Matlow. Have, have who else has read Alpha I, Flight? I've, I've read every issue of the original Alpha oh, Flight. Okay, good. We can talk. <laughs> uh, I. I, I I, and I, I thought Matlow started solid, but it, and I'm, I'm like two issues away from 66, which is his Swan Marvel, or comic book song. I guess he doesn't get another comic book Well, there's reasons for that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like 89, his accident was in the early 90s, like 93 or something is what I understood. But anyway, uh, my God is an ending horrible. It's just, it has fallen off the rails. There's a guy called Mannequin, I think is his name. His mutant power is he can transform into three different things. Uh, his, a blob, uh, a, a caveman, a future version of himself, and himself. What kind of mutant power is that? It sounds like the
3: Wonder Twins, except like, with a slight upgrade. And then there's... <laughs> the, Bailey, what do
2: you think of the Ma- Mantlo part? It's just awful. It's, it, it, it started out okay,
5: but he lost exactly. me when he revealed that Puck... One of my favorite characters, who yes. was a little guy. He was, he was he, I, don't, I, I think he would be considered a midget, not a dwarf, because he's proportional. Um, but he was this happy-go-lucky guy, you know, who had kind of yeah. a darker side, but, you know, he was this happy-go-lucky guy, and then he reveals, oh, he's really this dude that's six feet tall, and he's in constant
2: pain because a demon shrank him yeah. to that size. <laughs> and I'm like, are you effing yes. kidding me? And every issue before that was the reveal, he was like, oh, I wish Heather would love me. But does Heather love me? The Heather love me. Oh, it was so... Oh, man. Does it pick up, Bailey? No. Well, actually... <laughs> oh, <no>. hell. <laughs> okay, here's the thing.
5: thing. labdell <laughs> comes on to the series, and I know Scott labdell is kind of like, you know... you know.
2: I like this X-Men. It's
5: like the roach in the punch bowl. But he... <laughs> Actually, he's the one that wrote the North Star coming out of the closet issue.
2: Yeah, now I've read that one; um, that was
5: bad. And the run itself is not bad. It was, a, you know, he he was pretty
2: solid on it.
5: Uh, Jim Lee does a bunch of issues around that time. Well, uh,
2: there, he it's towards the end of Matlow's run where he comes in. So, uh, and and
5: those are okay. Uh, you know, it's his first, like some of his really early work, like you know, Punisher War Journal era work uh, for yeah. the company. Then right towards the end, it just meanders again. Unfortunately, yeah. it's just it was a book that started off strong, had a really interesting, you know, John Byrne had a team book where the team wasn't together for most of the issues. Exactly, and you know, first twelve issues, it was like two issues with Snowbird, you know, two an issue with Puck, and, you know, two issues with like Heather, and then the big thing in you know the season finale in, in issue twelve. And then instead of focusing, like, individual issues on one character, he, he would split up, like, plot lines throughout the yep. next year. And it was really interesting to see him do it. So uh,
2: I love yeah. that book. I, I, the first half of it I adore. I just I love that art. That 80s burn art is just awesome. I, uh, I also <laughs> All want right. to mention Let's, a couple of wh- others. Real- wh- Whoa, what the hell happened to I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm back. There you go. I are. want to mention a couple of others real quick.
4: Uh, the Stern run on Avengers... Um yeah. uh-huh. first run on Avengers is a classic. Um also Steve Englehart and uh Stearns uh they both had different runs on uh Doctor Strange were really good. So
1: and
4: America. Huh? Uh
5: White Bailey? And Captain America.
2: Yeah. And and uh Wade's Daredevil, that's a recent one, but I like Wade's Daredevil a lot. <laughs> Uh, D.D. Uh, booty Shorts is the handle right. <laughs> from uh, <laughs> you <need a> Daredevil. <laughs> lo- that's what made me think of Daredevil. Hey, hello. The location is Chef Ramsay's Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> oh. That's uh, a number of first question, I started collecting a little over four years ago, and in my experience, the low number issues and the key issues always seem easier to find with people always listing them on eBay or other online shops. Living in Oahu in Hawaii, oh, hey. I, I have access to only three comic book shops without paying for a plane ticket, hotel, rental car, etc. So the dollar bins are actually the hardest for me to find since no one lists them online and no one comes to Hawaii looking to sell comics. <laughs> Which issue or issues of Spider-Man were the hardest for you to find? Uh I have an answer right away as you guys think about it. Issue I, I for the longest time I had a con- complete run from number Amazing Spider-Man number 22 to current with the exception of number 37. I never could find a copy that was in good shape and that I could afford, etc. and it was in the last 5 years I finally bridged that gap and I bought issue number 37. Anybody else have a, a an elusive Spider-Man find that they were never able to find?
3: I've always gotten lucky with mine. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what about you, Bailey? Uh, pretty much. Wasn't it three hundred? No, Wasn't well, it no. three hundred?
5: Three hundred was hard to find at a reasonable price.
2: Okay, you could find it, you just didn't want to pay it.
4: So it's just yeah. like, hey, that's
2: three hundred dollars, and I'm like, hey, no. <laughs> Yeah. It's a,
4: it's amazing to me that <clears throat> that uh, Hawaii doesn't have some sort of massive con. I, maybe it's too expensive. It's it's uh, kind of expensive to get out there. Mm-hmm. It's expensive, yeah. But I mean, it, it seems like like if you're like a con, if you're a writer or an artist or you know something like that, it seems like you'd want to go to Hawaii. Hell yeah, you would. You know, I feel
2: bad that to,
4: to learn Hawaii doesn't have something big like that.
2: Still an nerd? What are you, any elusive comics for you? Well, not necessarily. I've lost
0: comics um, that have just seemed to have, during the process of moving, that have I, just... By moved.
4: lost, do you mean sold for drug money?
0: No, <laughs> not sold for drug money, but... but
2: What'd you lose? Uh, let's I... see,
0: I lost, let's see, um, I lost a copy of uh, Amazing Spider-Man 350. I've also lost a copy of uh, Tom McFarlane's Spider-Man number 12, which was the cover which... Um, which is kind of like done up with like with the uh, where Spider Man is in the black costume, but it's like in the like he did like one um, stuff. No M- Morbius. Wait, Story. wait, yeah. wait. fifty. Isn't that Clone Saga? Ah, uh,
4: no, no, no. That's I the uh, Eric Arth-
0: Larson. Uh, okay, Octoduc- okay. Yeah. yeah, I think I have. Yeah, because I mean, there there was a few. There was quite a few of them. I mean, there was that. they mostly they were kind of like almost like anniversary almost issues and stuff that um, I think I might have had a, I think I might have had a copy of three seventy five too. I'm not you know. Is three seventy five somewhere, um, but mainly there's just a lot of you know a lot of some kind of semi. Back in the nineties, they were considered collectors' items, but they were just a you know. But either my brother got a hold of them; he was a comics collector too, and he resold those, or they just got lost. You know, somebody borrowed them and never brought them back. So, you know, that's one of the
2: George. Things. Anything, anything you're, you're missing that you never were able to find? Uh uh,
4: no, except for I, I don't have any anymore. By the way, I finally sold the, the last of my comics.
1: Um,
4: I sold. Uh, I don't know if Bailey, if you'd heard this or not, but you know, because I've been out of work for so long, I finally you know was looking at my comic collection like I got to pay rent, <laughs> and um, and so you know I started selling all my stuff. I was down to remember I told you that uh, that all the stuff that was Image that you bought in the nineties is like herpes. Yeah. <laughs> you're just you're just stuck with that. Um that was <laughs> You sold your image? That was literally yeah. all that I had left. Oh, after yeah. after working with uh, my comic shop up here. And uh and so I was like I I I have got a choice. I can these can sit there and continue to devalue and you know because there's millions of them out there nobody wants them. And, or I can just drop them all off at Half Price Books. So I dropped him off at half price, half price books. Everything I had that was image, and I wound up getting like 150 bucks for it.
1: Whoa, <laughs> not bad. There you go. No.
4: Huh? Not, there you go. It's not bad. It's, it's not correct. bad. So, and and the the guy that was buying all my stuff felt for me. I mean, we we talked about it a couple of times when he was like, "I feel for you." And I told him, "So I'm basically just going to have this around forever, like herpes." And he was like, "Yes, this is comics herpes."
1: <laughs>
4: and he was like, "If if you find somebody who's thirsty enough for it, you know, good luck." He was like, "But." you know if if you need to get if you need to move them he was like you should probably go to Half Price Books and that's what I did and uh, I got a little scratch it. but no I've never had problems finding something I've always been able to find uh, whatever I've been whatever I'm I'm looking for
0: that that there, reminds speaking... me of that reminds me of a friend of mine who actually had a collection of Deathblow because he seriously thought that they would, that, that comic was going to be as big as Spider-Man or Superman
4: we all in the nineties
0: yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so he's just had a whole collection of this stuff, and he was trying to get rid of this stuff too but... half price
2: books if they have them up there <laughs>
0: yeah
2: i I don't have a half price books, I would get some, rid of some of my stuff uh there's uh, real quick there's one other book that I have on my want list on my comic shop, and I forget what the title of it is, but it hardly ever I get an email for it, and it I think it was like a giveaway in one of the local newspapers, I think maybe Texas. Where uh, during the early 80s, it was a uh, Spider-Man is Amazing Friend comic. And it's... it's is it the uh, one where they
4: were at the, the state fair with the X-Men? Or was no, it the one where they, I, were, I, I, they were at the Texas, or, uh, Texas Stadium with the Cowboys?
2: I don't know. I, I don't remember what, what the specific title was. But it was just like one of those free giveaways in a newspaper. Yeah. And I, I was like, I'd like to own that because I love Amazing Friends. Because I had those two and I sold both of those. I need to go to half-price books. Uh, no, I mean, I sold
4: uh, those, uh, those to my comic
2: shop. Well, somebody snatched them up for me. That would have been funny if I would have bought your book. That would have been that funny. Have been funny. <laughs> Why do we need a middleman? You could have just sold it to me. Uh, uh, second question, I guess I'll direct this to Ashley, since she's the only one to ever mention dressing up for conventions. That you know. I've never done or wanted to do this before, but Stanley is coming to a convention, and I have a photo ticket. So I figured I'd dress up a Spider-Man, the black s- suit with short sleeves and shorts from Secret Wars 9, if that matters. What material would you use for the costume, and how would you get the design on it?
3: Okay, let's just pretend I'm cracking my knuckles right now because I actually can't. But, uh okay. <laughs> Down to business. First, um...
4: Down to business. <laughs> <laughs> so
3: decide how much you want to actually spend on this, and that'll... um That'll narrow down your choices considerably as far as, you know, cost and whatnot. As far as what material I would use, um, you want a four-way stretch spandex. Make sure it stretches not just, um, horizontally but vertically too. So that way it stretches around your whole body and you don't have to worry about, about, um, the layout when you're cutting it. It's just much easier to work with. Um... And as far as getting the design on it, that just depends on your um, your own set of skills. I would go for um, going for apple K and uh, cutting out like using a stencil to cut out the designs and sewing them directly onto the um, the base material. Um, but um, what I've seen so many other people do, especially on a, like for the uh, the cosplays that we'll put up on the front page, they'll find people that can actually print directly onto the fabric. And that's where you can get those really dynamic looking suits from where it has like the muscle tone and everything, but it can be a bit pricey. So again, that's where your budget really comes into play. Um, As far as everything else, uh, getting the, for the suit itself, you can um, look up Zentai suits and stuff on eBay and Amazon. If you don't want to make the suit from scratch, because making a bodysuit from scratch is a pain in the ass. Let me tell you. (laughs) <laughs> um, so you might wanna like if this is your first time doing this, you might want to start with just um having it pre made and then just kinda build on to it.
4: What was know, it called? You know again? Need. Spell, uh, spell it out
3: for, spell it out for that guy. Z E N T A I and that's generally what they go by. Zentai Suit or Body So you know it just it depends. <laughs> hmm. Um and then if you come upon any roadblocks, just Google is it, your friend, also cosplay dot com and CosplayTutorials.com dot com especially. Are both very up to date and have a very wide and supportive community. If you need to ask any questions,
4: so what you're saying is, uh, or one point that you're trying to make is that uh, if you want to do it in a less expensive fashion, develop your own muscles.
3: <laughs> well, <laughs> you could, but Spandex does this thing where it doesn't care about what your body looks like underneath.
4: You know what? You, well, that can't uh, be because every comic I ever see. It, it looks like they're like they just have painted skin,
3: and that's why I want to throttle every artist when <laughs> I look at their work.
2: And by like the way, I was that,
3: no, go, go. ahead.
2: <laughs> I, I was mistaken. It was not in Texas. It was in. It was in Denver. It's called the Amazing Spider-Man Denver Post Giveaway from 1983. Uh, it was uh, a supplement to the Denver Post. And it starts, Spider-Man, Firestar, and Iceman in Danger in Denver with a John Ramita cover. Now the Danger in Denver is coming from the EPA. (laughs) No, uh, Brad and I are the only ones who've heard this story? Yeah. Lava 121. Hey, gang, so Peter started out a poor loser searching for ways to make ends meet for him and his (laughs) aunt. Now he's, well, a billionaire playboy philanthropist. (laughs) Well, Good oh, God. One of the people on this call <laughs> oh for a living.
0: Philanthropist, Brad. Philanthropist.
2: I write my own own scripts and I never put philanthropist in it. Literally the exact opposite of what the character was intended to be. So since we are stuck with this rich prick for at least a year, what writer do you guys and gal think could actually pull off a story
3: like this off? Okay, hold on. Because I know Slot won't. (laughs) Hold on. So it's Spider-Man, but he's an asshole? Peter David. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. It's Miguel. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's been yeah. done. It's, it's already been done. Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how about uh, David Michelinie, because he already wrote Iron Man as a prick. This will work, too.
3: Oh, and I wanted to mention, too, when I first saw this, I saw a writer, and I didn't immediately think comic book writer. I just thought, like, a writer. And so I started right. thinking about, like, what if we had The Great Gatsby or something Spider-Man? <laughs> <laughs> F. Scott and Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald, Fitzgerald, Fitzgerald
4: and
2: <laughs> Scott Fitzgerald.
4: Oh, my God. Oh. This this would kind of make sense because that would make Harry like Gatsby. Oh, <laughs> no.
3: Except in this version, it'd be like Peter, who's Gatsby.
2: Oh, oh that's true. He's going to yeah. be the. I don't know. That's funny. Yeah, Berryman. Yeah. Sucks <laughs> <there>. hey, uh, <laughs> hey, Brad.
4: Yes. Since, since you, since you um, apparently were, were combining uh, philanderer and philanthropist. <laughs> said philandropist.
2: Is that like uh, a philandropist? Is that like a sugar daddy? I don't think I said philandropist. <laughs> <laughs> is that a rich cat that's got a pee? Okay, sorry. Uh, t fifty There was my pun, George. I get one, don't I? I? Uh, gone. You get one. 50, like I could stop you. <laughs> it's like the Energizer Rabbit. What, what happened? What actually? What the what? She didn't say anything. Didn't she, t gone. <laughs> say what again no, I'm sorry, no, some, something happened say what again, I dare you I double dare you,
4: motherfucker say what one more goddamn time, time I was on a website and it nothing, popped up nothing, Rachel, she... I'm recording oh, was that Rachel Bailey? Uh, that's my, no, no, my no. wife's uh, I think I upset the dogs so. I
2: was, I, <laughs> they thought Nick Fury just walked in the room I was
4: on the website and it popped up an ad and there was a woman ta- screaming and I thought it was Ashley <laughs> That's why I said that, and I could only hear it to Mike, so you guys didn't hear it.
2: And I heard all the screams, like, "What the hell's wrong with Ashley? What is Ashley doing?" You <laughs> he didn't, he didn't hear anything. That's
3: hysterical. I'm just recording ads in my free time, you know.
2: Yeah, she, uh, she's uh, a pop-up ad voiceover. What was that? Like you know, a anyway. security kind of thing?
1: Get out my house! Yeah. <laughs> Get, <laughs> <laughs>
4: I'm sorry, I didn't mean to derail uh, the message. That, that, that was so <laughs> for me
2: because I could only I was
4: like, oh my god, what is? Why is actually screaming?
2: <laughs> sorry. Have you guys heard that that Boy, internet George. meme or internet uh, clip? It says, uh, uh, "Get uh, there's someone in my house. Are you in your house? Yes. Then you're the one in your house." <laughs> okay, never mind. Uh, Hey, guys, T-Gone, 5679, to George, I really enjoy Friday Night Fights. And how you analyze classic Spider-Man battles, what would you say is Norman as the Goblin's best fight with Spidey? I still, I
4: I think, I'm going to default here, I'm going to go for the easy answer. Just because it was so visceral was the fight uh, right after Gwen Stacy died. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Because, I mean, you had Spider-Man screaming out, I'm going to kill you. Yeah, I mean, and we we just had a discussion recently on the front page um, about the about the most recent issue of uh, oh gosh, of renew your vows, Andrew Roebuck's uh, review because yeah. we're down to just the one reviewer now for some reason, and, um,
0: <laughs> and uh, oh, gee, I, you know, I wonder why. I mean, uh, he he put I mean, up his review. He's got a job and he's a rich prick. Course, no, I'm <laughs> just
1: kidding. <laughs> And of course, that
0: rich, but <laughs> I
1: don't.
4: I don't want to spoil the issue, but you know something bad happens to Otto in the issue, uh, at you know, done by Peter. And some of the people were like, "Well, this this is just so out of character for Peter." And I'm like, "No, if you've read Spider-Man when he's pissed before, Spider-Man has done some savage shit before. If you go after someone he loves, there's." Th- he, he, yeah, I mean he he crosses a lot of lines. I mean that you're, like that image you put up of him ripping the arms oh, off. Oh yeah, I mean ripping mm-hmm. the black cat. Ripping the yeah. arms off. Remember, um, uh, remember when uh, this, the whole to the to the uh, Sin Eater thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you know I
4: mean Peter Peter can freak out every now and then. You know, and and this is why I'm always uh, talking about oh. how. People aren't prepared for this. Sometimes are like, they bring that side out of Spider-Man. Now, I'm not like, oh shit, it's on. This guy's going to kill me or something. Mm-hmm.
5: Th- yep. That makes perfect sense, though, when you really think about it. Because you know, the main reason he is Spider-Man is because you know he didn't save his uncle, or he feels responsible for for Ben's death. So it's easy when he's kind of like you know stopping muggers or whatever. You know that, yeah. that that that's quips and he messes with them and he webs them up. But it's just like any time someone gets close to him, it's a reminder of what he didn't do so that it would make perfect sense that that's when he would lose his shit.
4: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to – that's my answer. My answer for that would be uh, the fight right after Gwen died because if if Norman hadn't killed himself – I mean Spider-Man kind of held himself back there at the end, but I mean he was close to it. I mean that's as close as he's ever just come to straight up murdering somebody.
2: Yeah, Mr. Bailey, in the vein of the TV series if Bruce Banner, was working at Camp Crystal Lake during one of Jason's killing sprees. Would the deformed mongoloid human version of the indestructible zombie <laughs> version of Jason fare better against the Hulk? Wow. By the way, I enjoyed the chapter one show you just did with Andrew Andy Le- Leyland. Okay, first, uh, thank you
5: for that. That was uh, a lot of fun for Andy and I to sit there and pleasantly complain about 12 comics for like Three hours total. Um, okay, so we're going for the TV series. So, sir, I'm, I'm going to say this in the nicest way possible. Would have been David Banner, but whatever. Uh,
2: <laughs>
5: uh, two, this is like this. This this is like some great fan fiction uh, material. It's, it's
2: I think it sounds great. But like
5: the, the, the one of the I have a list of the five worst fan fiction ideas I ever came up with, and one of them was Highlander versus Friday the Thirteenth, where Duncan MacLeod uh, goes. <laughs> goes to Camp Crystal Lake cuz Richie's there and he's gotten into some stupid shit cuz in the first seasons that's all Richie was really good for and <laughs> yeah. it turns out that the Jason from Friday the 13th part 5 was that you know the the human guy was actually an immortal so he comes back to life and it's just the whole thing I worked out. It was a terrible idea um but this one okay so we're, we're, but we're dealing with TV Hulk who because he died falling out of a plane we cannot. we can certifiably say, is not as powerful. I mean, if this was like, you know, mid-80s Hulk, none of them would last like five seconds. It it would be Bambi versus Godzilla. I swear to God. (laughs) Um, Deformed, mongoloid human, which is, oh God, that's a horrible thing to say, Uh, would do worse against the Hulk, mainly because you know, it would be interesting to see the Hulk, you know, like throw because that's all Lou Ferrigno really did was throw people. Uh, that, that was his move. You know, he would throw Jason. Jason get up and come right back after him. So it would probably be one of those times where he really wouldn't know what to do. But with human, you know, Jason, he would throw him a couple of times and he would just stop. So.
2: <laughs> and uh, the Hulk in the seventies could get shot and bleed. Yeah. So you know, so it would actually be
5: a, a, a better fight overall. Uh, yeah. Using that Hulk.
1: Doo,
4: doo, right. doo, doo, doo. <laughs> oh, it was funny, you know. Bailey and uh, uh, you and I and Brad were talking just the other night about uh, remember that old Friday the Thirteenth TV series. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I just saw today that they're going to do a new Friday the Thirteenth TV series.
2: Yeah, I saw That's that funny. too. Yeah. Big Al from Edgeware. George, for your money, mm. what is the best superhero fight of all comics? If you want, you could just restrict it to Marvel.
4: Oh man. I didn't do any prep time on these. Uh,
0: <clears throat> if we if we want to
4: just limit limit it to Marvel, um, one one that sticks out to me, or one of the best fight scenes that I, when I was younger that I could remember, um, and it was weird because I just referenced it. I think on either Bailey or Shag's Facebook page was the fight in Hulk number three sixteen. With uh where you've got the savage, bannerless, mindless Hulk and he's f- fighting Doc Sampson, but the Avengers show up, and by Avengers I mean Iron Man in the Silver Centurion Armor, mm-hmm. Hercules, Namor, and Wonder Man, who I straight up effing and hate. And uh and that fight was crazy. It was all John Byrne. Yeah. And the fight didn't last long, but the but the hits that got in there were brutal. Um yeah. If you back it up to uh, Hulk three hundred. That was a good fight too. I thought. There's so it's it's really hard to narrow this down because there's so many things that go into making a good fight. Like context is important in some cases on what makes a good fight. Um, also, you know, I I keep coming back to that fight in Infinity Gauntlet,
1: hmm,
4: where Captain America, where, yeah, where, where all the heroes hmm. are going after. I think it's an issue three or four. When the heroes are finally making their assault on Thanos, I, actually it yeah. may be earlier than that. Um, but I remember it was George Perez that drew it, and basically the the heroes, the, the ones that are left, make a basically a suicide attack on yeah. Thanos to try to buy. Uh, welcome back. I'm sorry. I, hang on here. Somebody, well, somebody else just messaged me. Hang on here. It's Ashley. She says she's back. Okay. Right. Um, but uh, <laughs> that was a
3: while ago. <laughs> I'm
4: sorry. My bad. Uh, no, um, I was talking about the. Uh, which fight was I talking about? Oh, the Affinity the Crusade. Pardon me. And. Um, Gauntlet. The Affinity Gauntlet. Thank you. And so they're, they're all crashing on Thanos. And uh, Thanos had even made like a female version of himself, sort of like a wife. Who, she was the one that killed Spidey, by the way. But, I mean, the, the fight was so crazy because of the way Thanos was killing the heroes. Everyone was dying in real imaginative ways. I can't remember who it was, but, I mean, somebody got turned into cubes. It might have been Cyclops. <laughs> you know, and, it was, and they were all trying to bide time for the Silver Surfer to try to grab the Infinity Gauntlet off of Thanos' hand. And he missed, you know, missed it by that much. Yeah. But that whole fight, yeah, Captain America, I think, is the last one to die, is the last one to go down. Um, yeah, but it's a that one was a pretty pretty brutal fight. Yeah, but I mean, there's I there's been them. a lot of them. There was a lot of them. In the Secret Wars, like when Spider Man kicked the living shit out of the X Men,
2: you know, in the span of of two and a half pages. That was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Bailey, what Superman writer who has never worked on Spider-Man do you think would be a good fit for the character, and why? Sim- similarity. Uh, similarly, I'm so sorry. What Spider Scribe who's never worked on the Big Blue do you think would do good stuff, and why? This
5: is a tough question because yeah. I ran through Spider-Man writers. I'm like, okay, Stanley. I don't think he'd be a good fit for Superman. But after that, Roy Thomas wrote Superman, did a good job. Uh, Len Wein, uh, Jerry Conway wrote Superman, did a great job. Len Wein wrote Superman, did a great job. Marv Wolfman wrote two different versions of Superman, did a great job. Roger <laughs> Stern wrote Superman, it was awesome. Uh, you know, Louise Simonson wrote Superman, it was awesome. You know, it's just like you know when I go through the whole thing, it's just like you know, it, just about it, there's so much crossover of uh, Superman creators and Spider-Man creators, and similarly. You know, like, you know, Superman writers, Roger Stern, wrote both characters, did a great job. Dan Jurgens. You could argue that he never worked on classic Spider-Man, because he wrote and drew the first, like, seven issues of Sensational.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: Uh, during the, uh, when Ben Riley was the was Spider-Man. Yeah. So, you know, it's just like, you know, like, there's all the, David Michelinie left Spider-Man, started writing action comics. So... In fact, he is the one creator that worked on both The Wedding of Superman and Spider-Man.
2: Oh, that's funny.
5: So it's just like, you know, I, I kept running through and running through. Greg Rucca wrote, wrote great Superman, but did that Doc Ock miniseries, like back in the early 2000s. You yeah.
2: know, just, it, I, ju- Straczynski, has he done Superman? Yeah, yet? he
5: did a, well, okay, here's the thing. He did a really lousy story called Grounded. But his mm-hmm. Earth One graphic novels are amazing. No, oh, there you go. Yeah. There it is. They are, yeah. they
2: are awesome. Um, wow. But, so, so. Slot ever written? Slot's not written. Superman's written Batman, I think. Wait, yes.
5: I would actually choose Gail Simone, who wrote Action Comics very briefly. I think she'd be really good on okay. Spider Man. And I have heard nothing. But good things about Slot's work on the Batman animated stuff. Yep. So I would like and you know, I don't like his uh current Spider Man or the last few years, but I've also heard nothing but good things about a Silver Surfer book. So I would like to see what he would do with it. Unfortunately, the last time a big Spider Man guy came on to do something <laughs> with Superman <laughs> Nothing against J.R.J.R., J.R. who's a lovely individual and a, and, a, and a talented artist. I just don't agree with his take on Superman whatsoever. So, you know, it's it, it's a small list because so many of them have worked for both uh, on both characters.
4: It's it's funny, but uh, Bailey, you brought up Gail Simone. Gail Simone has said that she would like to write Spider-Man. I think she'd do good with it. She's yeah. great with
5: with dialogue. And, you know, it's it, it's like one of those things is why has Peter David never written Amazing Spider-Man when he's built to write this character? So
4: well, you know, I think it. he doesn't want to get sucked into all the events and everything, but it's too late for that.
2: Peter David ever written Superman? Uh, he wrote Supergirl. Yeah, I know. Yeah.
4: And
5: it, that, that was great. It was a great series. And when he brought Superman into that book, I felt he had a really good handle on the character. That's good. Cool.
2: Uh, Mr. Metz, uh, how would you guys say that your preferences differ when it comes to the Spider-Man comics? I, I prefer more grounded Spider-Man instead of space adventures, or he's in the Negative Zone, or he's teaming up with the Silver Surfer. I like him street-level crime kind of Spider-Man comics. Mike, we haven't Michael still a nerd. We haven't heard from you. What's what's what, think, what's your preference? I
0: think um, uh, interestingly enough, I think the closer you get, kind of more to the. Um, To the Stanley uh, Steve Ditko era, Mm -hmm. that's kind of where Spider-Man's kind of in the sweet spot, and yeah, there you go. Um, Although, I mean, but at the same time, since a lot of the comics that was Spider-Man comics I was reading when he was uh, married to Mary Jane, I kind of almost have a preference for that era as well. Um, Because I mean, even though I kind of understand that that some people take objection to to that. Period, because it was just for a while it was just Peter, Mary Jane, and Aunt May, and barely any other supporting characters. Um, so it's maybe it's just maybe so either one of those two for me would be my personal preference. So no.
2: Yeah. Uh, are there any particular stories that you'd like to see adapted into the first Marvel Comics universe Spider-Man film? Sounds like they're going to Craven.
0: Yeah, that's kind of the ru- that's what they the rumor going they, around is that Craven's they, supposed to be they're thinking about Craven having their villain or something. They
2: just like started writing the story. They I know, <laughs> I know, that I that know. It's click, it's, click it's bait, clickbait. But that's what's going around. That's what's it's going around
4: because someone related to production. Ordered it off of eBay or no, yeah. off of Amazon.
2: Amazon, yeah. They, Literally, they, that's they, how they were, they oh, they were getting. Craven, somebody they they were getting Craven's last. They, hunt. They were getting
0: Craven's last hunt on, on Amazon. So therefore, <laughs> that was <must laughs> that they are going to do a Craven movie. So <laughs> uh,
4: it's just as bad as when we say, oh hey, you know, uh, Spider Man's custom revealed, and they use a piece of deviant art from 2012, <laughs> <laughs> which actually. Happened. That happened, yeah, the, I don't know if weird...
3: I can see if I can see them doing Craven with such a young Spidey, especially if they did something like Craven's last hunt
0: well, what they could I do don't. is um is they could do sort of a, a version of um the ultimate Spider man take on Mysterio, they could do something like where he where he can do something along those uh. lines. I know Mysterio
5: but... <laughs> would be. So, he he is the he is the opening James Bond fight scene villain. He's the guy that. Oh, I don't disagree. That, I disagree. That Spider Man fights in it. the first five minutes, figures, oh, it's Mysterio, shuts him down because there's been two good Mysterio stories, and everything else has just been a rehash of those.
4: Well, with Mysterio, and Brad and I said this at one point. With Myst- if you brought in Mysterio. And I don't think that he would be a good first villain, but down the line he would be a good villain. Um, you could actually have reappearances of, all the, uh, of a lot of other Spider-Man villains who aren't actually there. you know. Yeah. Um, but also, um, I don't think they're going to do Craven's Last Hunt just because... I mean, think of what we know of what, of what everybody has said about the tone of the movie. It's very John Hughes-esque. Does, does Craven's Last Hunt really feel like 16 Candles to you? He, he's 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 the freaking uh,
5: assistant principal in, in in the high school, and There's, Peter is stuck in detention.
4: He's Jeffrey Jones from uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, yeah, <laughs> at, least, at least
0: it's more at
2: least it's more interesting than the first
0: rumor of who were supposedly the villains were going to be, which was was the Vulture and Scorpion. <laughs>
2: Yeah. yeah. If they have Craven in the in the movie, I guarantee you they can't help themselves but to bury him. Oh, absolutely, bury oh. Spider Man, and he has to dig his climb way
0: up. out of the grave. Yeah, don't do you, know that.
2: I guarantee yeah, you that. I, image. I don't I hear about, one more.
4: You know, OMD playing in my head over that yeah. scene. You know, oh. you know, <laughs> I don't hear the '80s John Hughes soundtrack in my head when I'm when I'm seeing that scene.
2: Don't what? you forget about me. <laughs> Lockdown down from that real small down with uh, the Big Heart in Illinois. Uh, hey, gang. It's hard to believe it's August, and we're celebrating another great year for the Crawl Space. It's our 17th birthday anniversary. Thank you, Lockdown, Ryan. Uh, first question, with Miguel O'Hara working for Parker Industries after the title relaunches in October, are you hoping to see a great relationship written by Peter David between Miggy and Peter, or do you think David will be restricted to how he can use Peter Parker in 2099 due to slot writing the main title? I'm hoping
4: Peter David wants to keep Miguel as far the hell away from Peter as is humanly possible. Yeah, I agree. Just keep Miguel. Let Miguel be the focus in his stories, and let it be because really, when when Peter David wrote those uh, uh, Spider-Man 2099 stories for you know the, all 12 issues, uh, they were better than what
2: we were getting from Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. Since Miles Morales is going to be handling a lot of Peter's Rogues gallery after the all new, all different Marvel launches, according to Bendis, what fights are you looking forward to, and who would you like to see Miles go up against?
0: Superior foes.
2: That I'm you know, <laughs>
0: just flat out going to say that the superior foes is Spider-Man. I have Miles go up against those guys. <laughs>
2: what, um, I hadn't heard this before. Hmm. I He's already fought Norman. I Maybe he'll see a different version. I don't know. Uh,
4: let well, he's fought the the ultimate jackassy clone, not the human.
0: H- the Hulk. He fought fire throwing, Hulk gobbling. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
4: yeah.
0: Not, Which Bendis loves, which is unfortunate. And technically, uh, he's he, he fought Mysterio also. So.
2: Oh yeah, he's <laughs> fought the six one six Mysterio. Yeah. yeah. Uh, How does that uh, work?
4: Where Mysterio keeps go- going? But, uh, is it related to Marvel Zombies?
0: You are talking about when Mysterio was going back and forth between the six one six and Ultimate? That was the
2: Ultimate? Spider-Man miniseries. Yeah. He, found a, he found a portal. Mm-hmm. But I thought, like, didn't that already
4: happen with, like, Marvel Zombies or something like that? Wasn't Marvel Zombies, and, like, wasn't it, like, some sort of, like, way stop between them and us? Them and us? The Ultimate yeah. Universe at <laughs> <in> 6'6? <laughs> them and <laughs> us? What's <that?
2: laughs> Marvel? the Marvel? The Marvel Zombies were mm-hmm. discovered by Ultimate Reed Richards in the Ultimate Fantastic Four book. hmm and that's how Marvel Zombies came about. Mm-hmm. It was just an alternate world. Uh, Aziz, uh, location, the proper union. Uh, question, Spider-Man, dresses dare, stri- Spider-Man dressed as Daredevil at least twice. Once in the Daredevil trial story by Bob Gale. Another is when Anna Kravinoff captured Ven Gonzalez thinking he is Spidey. How many heroes dressed up as Spidey? Prowler. Yeah, you got, yeah Prowler. Yeah. Daredevil. Johnny Storm probably at some Didn't point. Didn't
4: Iron Fist do it once?
2: Yeah? I think I
4: Alfred think so.
5: did because he dressed up as everybody else at one point or another. So,
4: Wait, uh, Batman's Alfred?
0: Yes, Batman's Alfred.
5: <laughs> Batman, <laughs> that was the joke that fell completely
2: flat. So. <laughs> Maddie
0: Franklin dressed up as Spider Man.
2: Oh, yeah. turn <laughs> Chapter 1 era, yeah. Jonah. Uh. Jonah dressed up as Spider Man.
0: Yeah. Flash Thompson, also, if we're not counting superheroes. <laughs> yeah.
2: Dr. Doom abducted him.
0: Yep.
4: Well, 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 he's specific. He says how many heroes dress up as Spidey. So,
0: oh, yeah. well, Flash Thompson.
4: Flash, it. Is
2: Flash is Venom, dude. <laughs> there, that works. <laughs> I, I guess <laughs> technically. Uh, Bruce Banner ever dress up as Spider-Man? No. Spider, what? But that's yeah. But that was not, Peter getting getting hit
5: with yeah, uh, that work uh, with something, which is actually a fun little issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, glad they made that action figure.
2: Yeah, me too. Uh, Mary Jane,
0: all on a well, cover.
2: No, no, in Annual Twenty. Yeah, but she didn't actually dress as Spider Man in the in the actual and she, story.
4: And she's not and She's not really a hero.
2: She didn't dress up. She is in my book, damn it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Black cat. Yeah, Black
3: Cat dressed up as Spider. And yeah, she actually just did in the the Guardians team up. So. Oh,
2: really? Well, I have read that one. That's uh, we're going to cover it later. Here we are. All right, Web Century. What's your damn scary Avatar dog? Cover? Have you seen that Avatar,
3: Bailey? <laughs> yes.
5: <laughs> Every uh, time you know. I close my eyes and I wake up screaming. Yes.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I bet. you at like Dragon Con or Comic Con or somewhere, someone's going to eventually see this and end up cosplaying. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, and, that's, and that's
0: when we, don't give them any ideas, Ashley. I
3: won't be giving them <laughs> help with that. That is, uh, that is
5: when we, as a community, have to come together and collectively decide that there is something that is a bridge too far.
4: On, on a recent message board uh, question uh, episode, somebody actually asked if we'd cosplayed, and I and I admitted that uh, I was building a suit like this. So Bailey, you're saying no?
5: I, I I no. What I'm saying is, if we see it, we need to put a stop to it.
4: But this is my dream. Yeah, yeah. yeah Can't you respect wild. my it's, lifestyle choices? Yeah, I, I think you. <laughs> All
5: right, let's... no. <laughs> I'm one of the most accepting people on planet Earth. If you dressed like this, I would take you outside and smack you repeatedly after I put some goddamn clothes on you.
2: Well, it's ironic because his first sentence that he writes is, Mr. Bailey, goddamn, exclamation point. George, that's all he says, Bailey, he's just happy to see him. Uh Probably with anticipation of getting smacked outside of Dragon Con. Uh, George, Doctor Strange, question like always. Yeah. What did you think of the, the the defenders led by Strange, and why do you think it wasn't a success like the Avengers, despite having some names like Strange, Hulk, Silver Surfer, and Namor frequently throughout its run? Um, Ran 152 issues. It was that was a good run. Yeah, but from 125 on, they, they were
4: basically it was a whole different team. Uh, Silver Surfer wasn't really in there, but <laughs> all that, my, he was in there for like the first year, and then kind of, kind of said, "Well, I, I got uh, I got some shit in space I got to do," and uh, kind of <laughs> just took off. But no, um, the reason was, uh, and uh, these were mostly written by Steve Englehart uh, with art by uh, Sal Buscema, by the way, our pal Sal, Yeah Yeah. Um, was <laughs> a lack of villains. You can. I can ask you to start naming Avengers villains, and you could probably name a shitload of Avengers villains. I could name, you know, I could say, give me some good X-Men villains, and you guys are probably going to list off a shitload of X-Men villains. Same with Spider-Man, same with Daredevil. The Defenders kind of hobbled bad guys from other places. It was a very, it was like a patchwork kind of array of foes. Um, Oddly enough, the... While the Wrecker made his debut in Thor, the Wrecking Crew made their debut in the uh, in the Defenders, um, which was an interesting story. <clears throat> but for the most part, they fought a, a just a haphazard collection of bad guys. Do you remember, Brad, remember we talked about that one story uh, from Spectacular, that art theft arc? Remember where uh, you got the gal with uh, who doesn't have a head, and she was wearing… You know, she's oh, yeah. got like the yeah, red yeah. ball for a head, and the red ball yeah, was yeah. holding that old man's head. The old man was Chandu, the Mystic, uh, yes. and you have know, got that guy with the gorilla body and a human head. Well, yeah. um, the Hedgemen, thats what they were called. They, they two of them make an appearance uh, in the Defenders at one point. You know, before all that, uh, all that stuff. Uh, other Defenders villains were like Egghead. I mean, it was very, very disjointed as far as villains go. And by and large, when you're, when you're talking about heroes, the stronger heroes, the ones who, who get, I think, like the most fan following, ha- also have a distinct rogues gallery with them. Fantastic Four is the same way um, because a lot of times you know, what, what helps define you as a hero is who you fight and why you fight them? So the defenders lost uh, an important aspect on that. Uh, I think that's 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 my opinion, but that's what I'm gonna that's what I'm gonna say.
2: That's a good answer, uh, Brett Jr. Jr. R.'s not here, but answer answered. Brad is a long-time Spider Man fan since you were a sperm. Wow, wow. Uh, <laughs> and Jr. as a fan who adores his wife like Peter adores Mary Jane. Jr. who's been a fan since uh, since the Mesozoic. <laughs> Does it disappoint you that Spider-Man and Peter Parker aren't allowed to just grow as a character anymore, considering how you both read his life from when he was in college all the way into adulthood and marriage, especially when Peter's supporting cast seemed to have more progression than he does? Yeah, I mean, it. it... it it, we're in a, we've been in a very odd time where it's a regression of the character. Where uh, that's one of the reasons why I'm enjoying Renew Your Vows is you see a mature Peter Parker, not so much as an older Peter Parker. You see one that has uh, more adult responsibilities, like a child, a wife, uh, responsibility. Protect- Exactly uh, the next progression of responsibility as opposed to when you 're in college, and it's just kind of uh, we haven 't seen that in a long time. We see the doofus, the the uh the young man child that uh really is the sideline of his own book sharing it with people like silk and, uh, and alpha alpha, and the Avengers and it's just sad to see the character that you've watched slowly but surely gotten a little bit more mature, had gotten a little bit more responsibility. So, yes, it is sad as a long-term fan from a sperm. Uh, <laughs> wow. Hornacek, our buddy Hornacek from Canada. Hey, guys and gal, uh, These questions are for anyone. After Superior ended... The first few issues of Amazing had some instances where Peter compared how Otto was more efficient as Spider-Man than Peter. Then Spider-Verse happened, and that got dropped, which was funny since Spock was in that story. Do you think in the relaunch this comparison with Spock's brain will be followed up at all? As long as Anna Maria is around, she will be a constant reminder to Peter. But if it feels like the book wants to ignore it, which is funny since it's the same writer. I don't think...
0: I kind of have the feeling that Slot is going to deliberately kind of com- do continue to, to do the comparisons between Peter as Spider-Man and Ock as Spider-Man, especially if, I think as we talked about on an earlier podcast, why what we think uh, how Peter Parker Industries became such a global uh, company, if it had something to do with Otto's um, own inventions, specifically <clears throat> the nanotech machines, and how... That could be that could sort of play into this idea of maybe a potential return of Doc Ock somehow. So the,
2: he, there's no guilt felt for the man that he killed. No. What uh, there's what was that character's name? Um, um, you've got the massacre. Massacre and also uh, <clears throat>
0: and also uh, Spencer and I think uh, Alexander yeah, killed, yeah. killed the Spider Slayer. Yeah, killed the Spider Slayer too. So no, no
2: no mention of guilt for that. So mm-hmm. uh, no responsibility. No guilt over that having
4: that. a degree he didn't earn.
2: That was right. that was my third point and the more responsible peter mm-hmm. would say reject these things. Yeah. He would he would back away from parker industry says I didn't earn this. I'm not responsible for this. This is this is stealing essentially. Yeah. This is the this is the gold <laughs> notebook that makes me feel so damn guilty. I got to give it up. I got to get rid of it. Right. And I kind this of This is a, this is a bigger gold notebook from the 80s if you will.
0: Right. And I'm kind of thinking that that I'm or at least I'm hoping is that with this whole Peter Parker becomes this, you know, kind of Tony Stark without the goatee, alcoholism and heart problems.
1: that
0: I'm Bravo. I'm kind of guessing that this is that the point of this is that Peter will be reminded of the fact that he did that he didn't earn Anything, uh, anything that he, uh, any of uh, where he is well, now, because, th- if, if, especially if there is a re- somehow how Doc Ock does return. Uh,
2: I was hoping at the since it was the end of that last volume and Parker Industries was in shambles, the next logical step would to be to feel remorse or go on. I didn't expect, oh, we're going to build it back up bigger well, than that. Well, notebook of fan fiction is more important <laughs> than your logic, Brad.
4: <laughs> so <laughs> sorry.
2: Sorry. Isn't it? A, is it a gold notebook filled with fan fiction? Who knows? Well, did did Slot get this from the Beyonder? Oh, well, I,
4: who knows? Well, <laughs> right, he didn't
2: get it from the Beyonder. He's been writing it since
4: apparently grade school.
2: Yeah, he's, uh, yeah. Now, second question. Based on the description of the upcoming Amazing relaunch, does anyone else think it sounds a bit like the old Web issues? Where Peter traveled around the country to promote his web's book of photos. This is not the first time I've gotten this sense of deja vu with Slot's Run. Peter got, gets a job at Tricorp. Peter gets a job at Horizon Labs. Peter makes copies of himself in the Clone Saga. Peter meets alternate versions of himself in Spider-Verse. Peter travels the country having spider adventures promoting webs. Peter travels the world having spider adventures promoting Parker Industries. What's going on here? At fan fiction. <laughs>
1: Literally, that's,
4: that's what's happening here yeah. it, it, There's no better There's no. I mean, a lot of fan fiction is uh, is inspired by stories that have already happened There you go, that explains it
2: Oh, wow Jolly Jovial Jonah's uh, location, the Justice League Watchtower To all, thoughts on the failure of the new Fantastic Four movie And do you hope that it'll, it'll go back to Marvel? Well, let's Let's all get into this <laughs> uh, this will be fun let's all hey, question has anyone seen it <laughs>
0: unfortunately yes
2: <laughs> oh my god what, what would you give it for a grade
0: uh, how about uh, a, F you yeah <laughs> uh, pretty much I mean this was I mean if you've seen the box office returns of that there's, that's about as the, those are about as depressing as the movie itself because um, I mean it, it really was I mean and, and the thing is you could kind of tell where uh, Josh Trank was going with this he was sort of trying to make it a little bit more kind of going in into more of the uh the fantastic four as explorers uh which is which is kind of would be a ni- nice unique unique take on it but yeah he takes about an hour to set that establish that whole thing up
2: it's an hour and a half movie right yeah
0: well that's because a okay. lot of it got cut uh for stu- because for um executive meddling reasons um, not that it would have helped the movie a lot, because apparently, because apparently uh, <laughs> one of the interviews that uh, uh, J- J- Josh Trank was uh, talking about, he says he wanted to imagine the Fantastic Four. Uh, he says he was inspired by the films of David Cronenberg. Uh, for this, in terms of the body horror aspects,
4: David Cronenberg and Fantastic Four should never be in the same sentence.
0: No, they should not. <laughs> um, and, and the thing is, when and 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 in hindsight, when you actually see the film and you see her that and you think of that reference, there is definitely there there's an element of that, especially when they have a because they have a thing where Reed is, you know, he's stretched out. It uh, looks like he's on some kind of thing where his arms are all stretched out. And it's like looks like he's on a rack, and then you have the thing is like in this ro- is like encased in this rock, and he's. Trying to get out, and Johnny Storm, um, he looks like a corpse on fire, perpetually on fire, practically for a, mm. a lot of times.
2: And it's is there any humor? Or is there any, uh, is there any happy moments? <coughs> not
0: really. The closest thing that they get to humor wise is when uh, Victor Von Doom, before he becomes Doctor Doom, mentions something about how the world is worth isn't worth sa- you know like this world isn't really worth you know saving and stuff, and then. And then Sue Storm goes, oh, there there you go again, Dr. Doom, you know, nudge, nudge, wink, wink kind of thing. Oh,
2: Lord. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's – oh, and also there's a point where um, the beginning's okay because they try to kind of show like the, the, you know, Reed Richards as a kid trying to develop this uh, teleportation machine. And it kind of reminds yeah. me of a little bit of the – I don't know if you, ever, you guys remember the film Explorers. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It's very much yeah. The beginning part v- seems very reminiscent of that. It's in fact, Reed Ri- the young Reed Richards, kind of looks like um, oh, what was his name? Um,
2: <clears throat> Ethan Hall. Yeah,
0: no, um, was which one was the guy wearing the which one? Uh, River uh, River, F- almost, River, Phoenix? River Phoenix. Yeah, he looks like the yeah. young River Phoenix almost practically with the glasses mm-hmm, and everything. Cool. Um, that was actually one of the best parts of the film, um, but yeah, they also they also try to eject some other humor too with the fact that. The night before they go into uh, towards uh, to uh, Planet Zero, that's the name not, of the place.
2: That's what not negative zone. No,
0: that's what the that's what the uh, planet is essentially is. It's a negative zone. But they, the night before they go, the um, uh, Doom Reed and Johnny decide to get drunk, and um, they're all thing go- And so they just invite. Ben and calls up Ben, and he says, "Hey, you want to come along and go on this uh, trip and everything?" Because so they get, you know, that's about as close as to humor as this film gets, mm. and it's just it's just I, a mess. I mean, uh,
2: what are your thoughts? Do you think they'll sell it back to Marvel no, or anyone? No, they're not going to. think? I they,
0: wish they would.
2: Because they, do you think could, the next step is? I think the next step is to put it uh, the some X Men. They've already come out
4: and said that they're not going to sell it back to Marvel. Of course. Uh, very famously, uh, you know, uh, Amy Pascal at Sony had once promised that's uh, it's, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know that Spider-Man would never go back with Marvel, and, and technically they didn't, but technically they did. Yeah. Um, but uh, I I don't yeah I think they'll try to cross him over with the X-Men at some at some point rather than uh, than give him back to Marvel. See, this is the thing. I don't think I don't think Fox has learned from this.
0: No. Does, does that make sad. sense? No, I don't mean, think yeah. like
4: that they, Fox has 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 gotten the message yet.
0: Well, they kind of said that they're trying to say that the Fantastic Four is almost in a different universe than the X Men stuff. Even though they're both owned by Fox, so they're not playing. They have. They, they said that
4: it's it's an yeah. alternate universe.
0: Mm-hmm. But
4: the thing is, is as I also saw where the where a Fox exec said, "Look, we love these characters," and I'm like, because every movie review that I've read said that oh, yeah. just, uh, Fox is ashamed of the characters.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> and, you, you can, and you can tell that in the film. You can almost kind of feel like, oh, we're we're almost embarrassed about it, that. These are you know calling these guys, <laughs> even, you know, you know re- they don't even call them by their. Um, you know they're right. superhero names right. at all in the film, right? Which is, and, which yeah.
4: is, you know, and, and we know now that the part of the reshoots was to go back and change uh, Doom's name from Domashev to Doom.
1: Yeah. When when
4: Toby Kebble first got the job, he did an interview with Collider and mm-hmm. said, "My character's name is Victor Domashev, yeah. and yeah. he's a to be... he's a social oh. programmer, and on uh, websites he's known as Doom." No, um, no, he's not that. In the, he's not that at all in the film. Well, right yeah, there. they they took that That's, out, and yeah, they re- took, took that out. And, yeah, and Keble Keble specifically said it was because of fan backlash. That's right. And I'm yeah. like, well, what about a fan backlash? to All this other crap, like it's dark <laughs> and gr- the words realistic and grounded should never, never ever come indeed. into play with a movie about Fantastic Four.
0: Oh no, yeah. I know, and and the and the, one of the worst and one of the worst parts about this thing, just as a slight spoilers, is the thing gets recruited by the military to kind of be like sort of this. Um, almost like this one-man army type thing. So he's going around, you know, smashing up tanks and everything, and killing, killing, you know, insurgents. Because and he gets mad at Reed because Reed. I mean, after they first get brought into like Area Fifty Seven, Reed escapes and he's on the lam for about a year. Which, I mean, it's like it's just real. And also, Johnny's like all thinking about, oh, I want to join the military too and all this stuff. I mean, it's just really kind of. Yeah. It's awful. It, it is. It's just an awful, awful film. Everyone,
4: everyone on the planet wants us to go back to Marvel, except for oh, a absolutely. handful of execs at Fox. With,
0: yeah. Oh, absolutely. Especially, I mean, especially since if it does go, if it did ever got back to Marvel, we would actually get a Do- Doctor Doom that's worthy. If of we, could,
4: game. if we, if we got the Fantastic Four back with Marvel, I honestly, I think Marvel would give us a Doctor Doom solo movie. Oh yeah. I almost guarantee you that that they would look at that and say, you know what, we're going to celebrate this character. This character's got a rich enough history. We're going to give him his own movie. Mm -hmm. Oh, I can see that. that that. Bailey, Bailey, am I off point there? Am I way off? What do you uh, think? I I don't think you're off point. I think
5: uh, (sighs) this – okay, let's put it into perspective here. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes is something that people will use – to either defend a movie or show you how crappy it is. And because Rotten Tomatoes is is judged by movie reviews, I sometimes, well, not sometimes, most of the time, I don't really put much faith in it because movie reviewers, with the exception of uh, of a few of them, mostly people I know, because I don't want to offend them and get them mad at me and have them defriend and block me on Facebook, um uh, most movie reviewers that aren't fans are, you know, are up their own ass basically. You know, they 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 don't, you know, it's it's like back in the 90s when you would read the People magazine review of a movie that was terrible, you knew you were going to go and enjoy that film. So, but when a movie gets a lower Rotten Tomatoes score, than <laughs> Batman and Robin and Howard the
0: Duck <laughs> yeah.
5: <laughs> there is something really wrong here. This is a property that is like a blank check for merchandising, for getting kids into it. It's just like four people with fantastic powers doing crazy shit. You know? Yeah. And and, and going to the negative zone and meeting and, and meeting and meet Galactus and, and, and fighting Annihilus and Blast Star the Living Bomb Burst or whatever. <laughs> and every time they develop, it's it's like when you go the Roger Corman produced one is the most faithful adaptation of the Fantastic Four yep. ever. I mean, yep. seriously, Doom looked better in that film than yeah. he did in either of the, the, the Fox movies. And here's the thing. I like most of Fantastic Four and Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer. Uh I thought they nailed the Johnny Ben Dynamic. Uh I liked Reed Richards for the most part. Even kind of like Jessica Alba. Uh Silver Surfer was just stunningly brought yeah. to the screen. Yes. But yet, there. You know, when I got up after the first Tim Story Fantastic Four film in the theater, I looked at my wife and I looked at my friend. I was like, "That is the best television pilot Marvel has ever produced. <laughs> <laughs> because it felt yeah. television. It felt like Tim Story was making a television movie. I'm like, "No, you're you're making a big budget Hollywood film." And yeah. to everything I've read about this movie, everything I've read about what what Josh Trank wanted to do with it. It's like at some point you got to get somebody in this in these meetings. That when someone says, "I don't want to do what they did in the comics," that is when you say, "Well, it's been a very nice meeting with you. Get the fuck out of my office."
2: Because <laughs> every time, why are we doing it? Why are we doing it if we're not trying to adapt or make it? Because Hollywood gets it into our head. I've been really thinking about this lately. Yeah,
5: people who make movies are most of them are insanely talented, but their entire life is about doing the same thing but from a different perspective. You know, you can only write so many girl meets boy, boy meets girl, boy has some terrible thing happen to him, and this is a Nicholas Sparks movie. I mean, you, there, there's only, you know, you look at, I mean, <clears throat> swear to God, you, you could edit all the Nicholas Sparks movie trailers together and it, it, they're all the same.
0: Yeah. I, I just, I've actually I, I, I think there is a YouTube video that actually did that, I think. So,
1: <laughs>
5: so when funny. they get these things,
0: the first thing they want to do is either
5: they want to make it more realistic because they don't trust the audience to to want it. It's like the Angley Hulk film. It's
1: mm-hmm.
5: like, okay, he's been ex- his father experimented on him and then uh then he was hit with these nanobots and gamma radiation, and that's why he turns into the Hulk. When really all we wanted was him to get hit with radiation and him to tear shit up. Because science. It's, I mean, who, this is why the Edward Norton and, and and more importantly the the Mark Ruffalo version of the Hulk has done so much better because it doesn't get in, It doesn't bore you with why he is the way he is. Right. It just gets right into the action, and they look at the Fantastic Four and they say, okay, they're a family, I get that, but let's do this in a more realistic way, and we're going to get the guy that directed Chronicle, which I haven't seen because I, I tend to I tend to stay away from things that Max Landis is involved with for personal reasons.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: So, you know, and they're like, okay, he did a superhero-type film, obviously he's going to be perfect with this, and it's just... It, the But the real reason this film lost me, like, completely, like, I won't watch it unless it's on, like, cable, and I have literally nothing else to do that day. The reason why it lost me is it gave me two sad bastard trailers showing yeah. me how serious this film was. Mm-hmm. And then I'm sitting there watching, you know, Disney XD. It's like, oh, oh,
1: oh, look yeah. how fun
5: <laughs> and friendly this film is. It's like, no, you fucking right. lied to
1: me. Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's and and you can tell because they deliberately did that because they realized, oh crap, these this, these trailers make the film look really depressing. We got to make it look like it's fun and exciting, the more more so than it is. And then of course, when you see the film, it's like, oh, it really is as dull and depressing, depressing yeah. and and boring as those uh, dark and brooding trail first two trailers were. So but <laughs> Yeah.
4: What what's really funny about this is that <laughs> right before the movie came out, Miles Teller came out and did an interview, and he was like, you know, these – he was trying to downplay expectations. like, you know, these things don't really do well on, uh, on <laughs> yeah. sites like Rotten Tomatoes and shit like that. And I'm like, really? Because all the Marvel movies do. It mm-hmm. <laughs> was like 92. I think Guardians of the Galaxy was like 91. Hang on. What is Captain America? Hang on. What is Winter Soldier here? Let's,
0: oh, it's that's in the 90s too, too, yeah.
4: To be yeah, a Winter movie. Soldier uh eighty nine. Yeah, you're right, Miles. You're right. Miles. No. Like
2: <laughs> <laughs> Let's get on to uh the other question, uh, from Jolly Jovial Jonas. I got Amazing Spider Man, number one twenty three at a bookstore for a quarter, in uh pretty good condition. Have you ever gotten a comic for a great deal that you that if they knew the value would have been so much more?
3: I got the um the first issue of spare
2: in 2099 in like mint condition for a buck 50.
3: There you go. That's I think that's counter price, isn't it? Um it was it was in the back issue so it was all 50% off. And I think Jack and I looked nice. at the value It's like 80 bucks.
2: Whoa. I I think I've said this uh story before but it might be new to a few folks. When I was probably about 7 or 8, uh my mom uh took me to a comic book convention. And uh, this college kid was broke, and on the table he had a bunch of his comics uh, for sale. He had Amazing Spider-Man number one, he had Amazing Spider-Man number three, and he had Amazing Spider-Man number fourteen. And uh, I looked at all of them, and I said, uh, "Mom, I, I this would make a nice Christmas gift." <laughs> And uh, she goes, "Well, how much for all three, sir?" She goes, "I'll sell them to you all three for 150 bucks." So I got all three of those comics for 150 bucks. They were all probably about very good uh, uh, condition. Still a steal for 150 bucks. It's, it's
4: funny that this guy mentions 123 because I found 122, which I had, which I'd also talked about earlier as being one of the best uh, Peter uh, versus Norman fights. At a flea market in Fort Worth, Texas, when I was uh, 11 or 12. Mm -hmm. And it it was being sold by an older couple. um, And a friend of mine had walked down to, I think it was called Book Swap or something like that. And a friend of mine had walked down there because he said, they've got comics down here. I said, okay. So we walked down from his house, and and I got in there. and started thumbing through this, and I found 122. And it was only like, I can't remember if it was like... Oh, got a buck or two, but it was like dirt cheap, and it was in good condition. And I was like, "Wait, this was at a time when the official Marvel Index hadn't come out yet." But I had been reading enough about Spidey and reading enough about you know of, of Spidey's you know like backstories and different magazines and and, uh, and following stuff in Marvel Tales and whatnot, that I knew what happened in one twenty two, and I knew what the Gwen what the, the death of Gwen Stacy was. And of course, you know, this is in that gray period where I had been writing or reading comics and drawing in them, not really collecting. And uh, <clears throat> so this is after I, I'd really started collecting it. But I knew because, I, you know, you used to have, remember, Mile High Comics used to have like like those big, Spread page, you know, like uh, double-splash page ads where they like, listed They're all were the places. Yeah. Yell- they were yellow, right? And I remember, because yeah. I used to always look at those, and I used to always look at those, and there was uh, there was there used to be a guide, I think – oh, God, I forgot what magazine it was. They used to have a black-and-white print guide, like at the back of it. I think it might have been Comic Scene or something like that. No, it wasn't. Yeah. But no, they, they was a th- comic scene. Was yeah. it? I think –
1: No.
5: And they
4: – no, it was, okay, it was something else then. But they had oh. they had all the stuff listed out, you know, like in the back, like like a little mini collector's guide. So that I knew. been like comic collector
5: or something like that.
4: Maybe that was it then. But I remember like looking at that and I was like, and I so I I used to always look at those and so I knew that this thing was was actually worth something. So I went ahead and you know I I paid the folks for it and I got it and I and I took it over to my friend, and I was trying to tell him and he was like, oh it's it's Marvel Tales, it's reprints. i was like, no, look. You know, and and he looked at it, you know, and he was like, "Oh my God, yeah, that's." And we both went home and read it and looked at it and everything else, and and it was really good. I, I wound up selling it uh, in the '90s, and I can't I I sold it for something else. I I may have sold it for. Um, I was back in the in the early '90s. I was into trading cards, and I yeah. think I may have sold it. We, we
2: all were. Yeah, I think I may have sold <laughs> it for
4: like a Hulk card, sure. card or yeah. something like that, or traded it in. Are
5: you still in the card comic cards? Uh, I'll, uh, they're so. Damn, dirt cheap on
2: eBay. Every once in a while, I'll find something yeah. and buy a box of them. Jo- Joe Jusko is doing a, a modern day Marvel masterpiece collection. I think I might get into it for that because I, I, those I thought
5: those six were
2: hideous. <laughs> oh, you hated them! <laughs> oh, I loved them, man. Yeah. Real, real quick. I've been a speculator on a couple books when I was uh, in the late '80s off the spinner rack. Um, in 1988, uh, I went to the spinner rack, and I'd, I saw that a new issue, number one, of Wolverine, the new o- the ongoing Wolverine title started. And it had that great um, John Buscema cover. And I'm like, wow, Wolverine's getting his own ongoing? I'm going to get two copies of that. And right below it, on the spinner rack, was Speedball, number one. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, and I'm like, holy crap. Spider-Man's co-creator's got a new ongoing with a new number one. I'm going to buy two copies of Speedball number one oh. also, and you know which one paid <laughs> off well. Uh, so that the other story, uh, I bought two now copies. See, I thought you were going to say, so I bought that instead. <laughs> Oh no, no no! I bought two copies. Okay, of that. I was because I, I thought yeah. that's where you were going. I was like, oh god no! I also bought two copies of Amazing Spider-Man <laughs> 300 because I was like, whoa, that's really off the spinner rack, and that that one turned out pretty good. Mm-hmm. So I have two copies <laughs> of that. Uh, let's see, J M Z seventy four forty seven two posts on the front page. No location for you, but uh, hey, all for everyone. Here's the scenario: Disney has cleaned house. Caseta, Alonzo, and Lowe... All have been let go. You're the new head honcho of the comics. What do you do? Keep up the great work.
4: <laughs> I, uh, I make J.R. Fettinger the Spider Editor. Ooh, yeah. like, I, like I promised I would uh, when J.R. and I first knew one another at Hero Room. I always said I would make J.R. the Editor.
2: Yeah, that'd be great. it would be great. Bailey, what would you do? Quit. <laughs> Your current job or you would quit... Not going into. I would. No, you couldn't. You there isn't enough
5: money on this planet right now to, to make me want to be the head of any comic book company in this environment, <laughs> in, in with social media and and, 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 and all that. The, the amount of headaches that that has to produce, it's it, it's why I don't really you know like publicly at least bash on you know like DiDio or Axel Alonso or anything because they have. They have, like, thankless jobs because nothing they do is going to please the majority of the audience. And it's just,
2: Ashley- it's just a, uh, no. Ashley, day one, you're the new uh, head honcho. What do you do?
3: Uh, Give Black Cat her own series and give her the hell away from silks.
2: There you go. Michael McNulty, what do you do, day one? Uh, I would
0: defer my duties to someone else, because I would rather be one of the writers on the comics as opposed to the guy controlling everything. So, that's my...
2: What are you writing, amazing? Uh,
0: Probably, or just maybe, you know, if I had a choice of my own to try to see, like, maybe try to do tackle some, maybe, oh, maybe, like, you know, if I would, you know, X-Men would be kind of a neat, neat, neat angle to tackle, or... Maybe some daredevil or something like that. That's basically I mean, just something that something that I wouldn't have you know something that you actually involved in the kind of creative process and the creating of the actual stories as opposed to saying, okay, well this you gotta you know, try to work around the knit and gritty of like – because being an editor, you would have to know the um, continuity of practically each and every, you know, property almost. Well, and we know how well sometimes that works out with some of the current editors. Well, Marvel well, proves stuff.
4: no, you don't really have to.
0: <laughs> Do exactly, <laughs>
2: exactly. So or, they, they
4: should, they, but you know, yeah. Day one,
2: I call Dan Slot into my office. <laughs> next next question <laughs> d c. Marvel fan guy. Uh, no location. Uh, hey, gang, my two questions for you guys and gals are number one, with Fox releasing a Deadpool film with a comical tone, do you think the world is ready for a superior foes movie No because I'll, huh. You, yeah, you haven't built these characters up so you yeah, don't know they're Spider Man's. Yeah, I mean,
4: a lot of people, a lot, a lot of people know who Deadpool is. A lot of people don't. I mean, there's way more people who, who Spider Man is than know who Dare, uh, Deadpool is, but they're, I mean, they're about to find out. But uh, as far as Superior Foes goes, I mean, if I take a Superior Foes comic, plunk it down in front of somebody and, and say, "Hey, tell me who these people are," you know, they're gonna look at me like, "Oh," you know,
2: you know how this could have worked. Uh, let's say Tobey Maguire and the Kirsten Dunst crew had done five movies and at the beginning of say the fourth or the third or the fifth movie they had someone like the Shocker for a very short little scene or they had Boomerang for a short little scene and you built them up with an intention of doing a spinoff movie like that I think that would work like the, the the loser heroes from the beginning of the last couple Spider-Man films, they're going to get their own the film. I think that might. Work. Well, the other thing they could do, um, I'm not sure how
0: um, if we have run into the same problem, they could try to do a Thunderbolts film.
2: There, there's talk of a TV show. Of Thunderbolts. Oh, have oh, yeah. they
0: actually doing that? Okay, yeah. yeah, okay.
2: Oh, the villains.
4: Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, I think be
2: real fun. it's it's
4: it's amazing to me that Fox is releasing Deadpool, which looks like it jumped off the comic page. Yet they're ashamed of Fantastic Four. Oh, I know, it's, yeah. It's got to it's be a different group of people. It's, it's the same yet. studio. It's, it's
2: different, probably a different group of executives, but it's the same damn studio. Well, they, they even advertise on the Fantastic Four from the producers who brought you X Men Days of the Future Past. Uh, we bring you Fantasticrap. Uh, well, you know what, though? Deadpool and. In the a war X-Men, world a, where they can get the X-Men X Men X- right, they can't get Fantastic Four X-Men. right. In a world. Sorry. In, in X-Men, a world. X Men and Deadpool. Yeah. Uh
4: both are free of something that probably and we didn't talk about this earlier, that probably held Fantastic Four back, and that was Fox hiring goddamn Mark Millar as a consultant for oh, yeah. for the new movie.
0: Mhm. Yeah, and yeah, because it because the film is based more on Mark Millar's take on the Fantastic Four and the ultimate comic. And
4: can we please stop listening to fucking Mark Millar now? <laughs>
2: please and there goes our rating. Okay. Now, anyway.
3: <laughs> That's what three times you, now.
2: I know we we dropped the f bomb like a top. I'm surprised uh, Michael uh, F bomb Bailey hasn't let one fly. It's
3: just, it's just yeah. in the spirit of the new Deadpool trailer.
2: Yeah, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Uh, last question for the show. Do you guys think Grant Gusting? Would make a good Peter Parker. He does a pretty good job playing an underdog, nerdy type as Barry Allen, aka the Flash. He's he's playing Peter Parker as the Flash. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, well, yeah, pretty
2: much. I mean, yeah, he'd, be, pretty-
5: he'd be great in the role, though. He'd be he'd be he'd be fantastic. He's got a yeah. great handle on how to how to wear the costume and how to how to be you know ride that fine line of being likable and still kind of a sad sack in certain in
0: certain ways. So. Yeah, I mean, the only the only uh, downside would be if he if he if playing Peter Parker, you have to run the risk of him being typecast. Like, oh, you I could see
4: just, him playing Peter yeah. Parker every week that he's mm-hmm. on the show
0: on the Splash, Yeah, I mean, he technically—you're uh, right—he already <laughs> is kind of playing Peter Parker when he his take on Barry Allen is pretty much uh, the DC's version of Peter Parker, essentially. But but it works, but and it works well.
4: I, I uh, Bailey, how many times have you watched that season finale? Uh,
5: I only watched it once, but God, it was great. Oh, I've, watched oh, yeah.
4: that, I've watched that thing six times now. <laughs> Everyone listening to the show, if you're not watching The Flash, will me. And, and it's
5: just like everything DC is doing on television this season, it's just like, Beto's hey, going to be on Supergirl, and we're going to have Jay Garrick The Flash, and I'm like, you had me at Jay Garrick. Yeah. You know.
2: Does Gotham fall under it's, it's doing good? Uh, I don't watch Gotham. So
5: but you're a Batman I, fan, though I we would think you would. Yeah, I'm a Batman a fan, which is why I don't watch Gotham.
4: Uh, <laughs> sorry, that was uh... he.
2: He's in it. <laughs> Gotham is no. on a
4: is on a very serious precipice. I think I'm sorry. No, it's like, just it go. is. Yeah. Here's the thing about Gotham and
5: why I I just completely lost interest. It could be extreme, it, extremely well written. It had Donald Logue as Harvey Bullock, which is like one of those great casting choices ever. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is. I you know I sat through ten seasons of Small Bill, and I enjoy it. There are seasons I like, there are seasons I don't like. I don't want to go through the huh huh. Look who we got now. One day he's <laughs> gonna fight Batman, and it's yeah. just like yeah, screw it. I mean the guy playing James Gordon you know did a great job, and I liked the episodes I watched. I watched like the first two, three or four episodes, and you know it was like one of the most badass Alfreds ever invented, oh, yeah. like, like, created, but it's just, like, I don't care.
2: What do you think of the kid playing Bruce? He's good. He, he was fine. Yeah. And the Cat Catwoman actually She's uh, good. Yeah.
5: Creepy, but fine. <laughs> yeah. She looks like Bar- Michelle Pfeiffer.
2: And Barbara Gordon? <laughs> I mean, not Barbara Gordon. Well, yeah, that's the the that is just, fine, no, but no, that character is on Her name is off. Barbara Keene. Barbara, Barbara Keene, Keen, I'm yeah. sorry. She, she, what
5: do you think of her? I... I, I I understand she went batshit crazy towards the end of the season, but yep, it watched.
2: Well, it 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 is a Batman show. Batshit crazy sums it up pretty good. Uh, uh, Marina Bokarin is fantastic on there. Oh yeah, but then it's uh, Marina Bokarin,
4: and she's going to be great in whatever she's in because she's Marina Bokarin.
2: My least favorite was Fish Mooney. I didn't like. I didn't. Well, like you don't season. have to worry about her anymore. I liked I the so. guy playing Penguin.
0: I thought he... Yeah, he's good.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah he, was he was
0: fantastic. He's practically the best guy on the show at this point. The so thing is... Just, is I'm sorry, Bailey.
5: There's just too much to choose from now. You know, there there yeah. really is. And now, you know, they're putting Supergirl on opposite,
4: so you know where I'm going. And Supergirl <laughs> is going to be fantastic. Yeah.
2: Well, that's enough of the Spider-Man show. Uh, <laughs> final thoughts, George...
4: Um, I I guess I I don't really have anything. I I just got done watching uh season two of True Detective and what a disappointment that was.
0: Well, don't
2: spoil I, it because I, have, right,
0: I haven't seen. The, I haven't finished watching. No, I mean just overall the entire season is disappointing. Well,
2: I, all the episodes are on my DVR. I have yet to watch them. I loved season uh, one. It, it is not season one.
4: But on the on the upside, I just got done uh, finishing uh, Wayward Pines off of my DVR, and that show was freaking crazy. <laughs> That show was insane, and Matt Dillon needs to be in way more things.
0: Uh, McNulty, what do you say? Final words. Uh, well, uh, these were very good questions and everything. and um, yeah. yeah. I mean, some of them for the for poking, some of them were interesting, and some of them I was thinking, well.
2: And I, I, I yeah. think with the two questions, like George suggested, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it gives us more time I like to. How he makes uh, me to, the bad guy. <laughs> no, no. I would, this is a compliment. You suck it, Bearman. Uh yeah, Look, it's it's bookends. Uh, <laughs> no, it gives us more uh, time to, to, to talk a little bit about it. That's right. Instead yeah. of ru- r- rushing through to get them, through, get them all done. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ashley, final thoughts. Oh. <laughs> She's crying over a cake. <laughs> Did your
3: cake burn? I missed it. What happened? Oh, no. The cake's fine. Jack got it out of the oven. But when he took it out of the pan, it, a part of it stayed in the pan. But it's fine. We just put the pieces back together. It's not too bad. I'm just...
2: She was baking during the podcast. I was was,
3: baking, yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah, nice. Was there a row? I've
3: been on...
4: Did you and Jack... uh, Were you engaged in a row afterward? Was there a fight? That's what the British call it, a row.
3: I'm just... A row. Wow. I was just so glad I went out there and he wasn't asleep on the couch and the cake wasn't still in the oven, so...
4: Are you going to make him sleep outside now?
3: (laughs) No, he'll be fine. (laughs) He has done well enough. (laughs)
2: Mr. Bailey, I appreciate you coming on. I I Always uh, good to talk to you, and and, uh, always a pleasure, sir. Oh, yeah.
5: It's it's always fun to get together with you guys and, you know. No doubt. Get to to let my anger flag fly a little bit. This
2: is a standing offer, and uh, I'd love you on every message board question, if you're ever free. if If I can work
5: it out.